Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is going on, everyone? And welcome to part three, the final part of 10 hours of Karen's going crazy. That's right. If you haven't already, go and listen to part one and part two of this epic 10-hour episode. Link down below in the description. Part one and part two are about three hours long each, so you don't want to miss them. And also, you have to have listened to them before this one. This is the culmination of the series, the third part of 10 hours of Karen's going mental. If you're a fan of Entitled Parents, you're not going to want to miss this. Here we go. I got a male Karen, a Chad, arrested. I, a 20-year-old woman, run a retail store with only one other person, another 20-year-old woman, and some guy came in and cussed at her. Literally, the first thing he said to her was, F you. I immediately took over and told the man, somewhere in his 50s I think, that we wouldn't help him if he was going to be swearing at us. He made fun of me for telling him he couldn't swear, and I just ignored him and gave him the solution to the problem he was coming in about. I watched him run outside to his truck, check his backseat multiple times, now this is important to remember, and after about 15 to 20 minutes, he came back in. He sat down and just glared at me. My co-worker was helping someone else. I asked him what he needed. He said he'd tell me after our only other customer left. I told him he could tell me now, but he stood up and said, I will leave when she leaves. I responded saying, listen, I've been nothing but pleasant with you your entire time of being here, and you've been incredibly hostile. I'm giving you two options. You can either talk to me right now so I can try to help you, or you can leave. Because at this point, what you're doing, sitting down and saying nothing, is loitering. He was fuming. He got right up in my face to intimidate me and gave me the most evil look I'd ever received. I stared right back at him. What's it gonna be? He broke eye contact and said, I'll leave. He walked out the door, but he didn't leave. He sat in the front of his truck and kept looking through our window at us, waiting for our only other customer to leave. I pointed this out to both my co-worker and the customer, an older woman. The older woman told me to call the cops immediately and that the man was not mentally sound. I was hesitant, but she was right. I called the cops, but in the meantime, the man kept checking his back seat over and over again. When the cops arrived, they said hi to me first and then went outside to speak to the man. After about five minutes, I saw Mr. Karen trying to fight the cops. One of the cops came in later and told me the situation. So, he's going to jail tonight. There was something in the backseat of his truck that he's going to jail for. He was actually a wanted man. Are you all good here? One of us can stay here if you don't feel safe. I told him we were fine. He had me write up a witness report. It really makes me wonder just what was in the back of this guy's truck. All right, then you lot, comment down below. What do you think exactly was in this guy's backseat? Most interesting slash, you know what? Funniest answer, funniest idea. I'll pin as the top comment in this video because, you know, I want to see the most ludicrous suggestion. What do you reckon someone would have in their backseat that they're so protective of for 15 to 20 minutes and then end up getting arrested over? I want to hear your funniest ideas. Let me know down below. Now for our second story, mum steals my tickets for her kid. This happened pre-COVID. 
I was at a Dave and Buster's with the husband for date nights I'm playing one of those games where you shoot a coin down a slot and hope it results in pushing multiple other coins off the edge to get tickets However, Dave and Buster's no longer gives tickets You have to insert your game card when you're done playing to receive your ticket credits I am the only one playing one of the machines There are five other empty machines that others could sit and play at All of a sudden a woman is standing behind me and she says Excuse me, but you've been playing this game a while and my son who is probably about six years old deserves a turn Of course, I point out that there are five other identical games available, but that's not good enough for her She says I see you have well over 400 points on this game. It's clearly the lucky one I try to stick it out, but she's breathing like a dragon behind me. So I decide to leave. It's not worth it I'm not even halfway out of my chair before the little kid is trying to get into it. No kidding We touch butts as i'm sliding over the mum pushes me out the way and I say Excuse me, but I need to put in my car to get my tickets The freaking dog though takes her son's card and shoves it in looks at me and says sorry He's playing now and they are his tickets You are clearly too old to be here anyway. A child deserves them more. I was 24 years old at the time, and this is DMB. It caters to adults. It's not some friggin' Chuck E. Cheese. Shout out Chuck E. Cheese, by the way. I remember when I went to America when I was young, and we went there a couple of times. Unbelievable spot. Now, I'm not one to cause a scene, but I'd spent a lot of my credits on that game. Of course, I went to security and threw a fit. They went over to the woman and told her she needs to let others take their tickets before playing. But of course, she played dumb. In the end, they gave me twice as many ticket credits as I was supposed to get, but they also let her keep the one she stole, most likely to avoid a huge blow-up. I just can't believe how arrogant some people are. Yeah, uh, to be honest, guys, I'm pretty sure that was his mum's intention the entire time. Um, It's pretty obvious, really, in my opinion. She was just going for the tickets. That was it. I think it's pretty clear that she just made up some absolute bull about, oh, you've been on it for so long. Uh, this clear the lucky arcade machine. There are other machines and, and one's not going to be more lucky than other ones Is it? I mean, let's be realistic It was just a great play to try and get some tickets steal some tickets and get her kids something nice that he didn't earn pretty good stuff Um, it's a shame, you know because she actually got her way in the end. Yes OP got twice as many tickets, which is great But karen still stole not great now moving on to our third story Double book seats with an entitled couple on a 12-hour flight. Oh my god. That sounds horrific This happened back when I was a kid, but there are stories here that reminded me of it. The situation. We were on a flight from Miami to Bolivia as a family of five with three kids under 12. We're getting on the flight, sat down, when an entitled woman and her entitled husband come up to my row. I'm sitting there in the same row as my brother and sister. The woman says to us, excuse us, you're in our seats. Now me, my brother and my sister have all been well-versed in child travel by this time. So we pull out our individual boarding passes and show her. We're also assigned these seats. The husband says, no, you're wrong. Let me see those. We don't give them over. My dad comes over to see why strangers are talking to us children. Excuse me, why are you talking to my kids? Or they're in our seats, look. That's their assigned seats. They know how to read a boarding pass. By this time, we've attracted the attention of the flight attendant, who confirms that indeed, those seats have been double booked. The entitled woman and her husband are irate, demanding their assigned seats. The flight attendant leaves to go, see what I can do for you. This whole time, the entitled woman is making a big show of trying to store her bag in front of ours in the overhead bins and complaining loudly. 
The flight attendant returns and says, thank you so much for your patience. It was double booked, but it looks like we have enough seats in first class available for your party. If you could please follow me. The entitled woman and her entitled husband sigh, relieved that finally someone will see reason. The woman gathers her bag and as her husband steps forward, the flight attendant holds up her hand. No, sir, not you. If you three, looking at me, my brother and sister, will please join us up in first class, we'll make sure you're taken care of. Oh, the lemon-sucking look on the entitled woman's face as we politely grabbed our bags and moved to the coziest laps of luxury our young selves had the fortune of lucking out on. I remember the meal making me have a headache, but the reclining seats, warm blankets, and sleep marks sure helped with all that suffering. Now, before reading the story, guys, I thought there was nothing better than a free upgrade to business class or first class on a plane when you've only paid for economy class tickets. But I was clearly wrong. What's even better is when you get the free upgrade and someone else who thinks they're going to get the free upgrade doesn't and they're entitled, arrogant, and just overall not very nice and you pretty much get to spit in their face as you make your way up to the front of the plane. Incredible scenes. Wow, I'm just an amazing story and uh, yeah, well done to those kids for being polite because honestly That's probably the reason why they got the seats and not the entitled couple The flight attendant was probably like, you know what? We have three seats here Either we could give two to this arrogant horrible couple that are just picking on kids and being overall rude Unnecessarily when i'm just trying to do my job or we'll give it to the three nice polite kids who were just sitting there being calm You know not causing a disturbance. I wonder which one i'm gonna go for good stuff now moving on to our final story of today's episode karen and husband with no tickets demand to enter the gallery five minutes before closing so i worked at an art gallery that was mostly for vips but anyone could enter as long as they had tickets it's a pretty strict gallery and we only allow online booking we're always sold out so it's almost impossible to buy physical tickets for our last day the timings were only up to 7 p.m At quarter to seven, our manager told us that we cannot let people in anymore as we were already taking down some of the artwork that had been bought. We did still allow some of the people who had tickets in though. Now, mind you, before you get to the desk to scan your tickets, there would be ushers who would approach you and ask if you have tickets. In this case, the ushers were instructed to tell people that they cannot enter the gallery anymore. At around 6.50, 10 to seven, Karen and her annoying husband try to get inside. They talked to the ushers for at least five minutes and were very angry to hear that they were closing. By the way, they didn't even have tickets. The ushers just couldn't handle the Karen and her husband, so they sent them to the manager. What is this stupid system? Why aren't you letting us in? The manager responded, We're very sorry, but the gallery is only open to seven. We don't allow any more people in. Then why did your website say it's up to seven? said the husband. At this point, guys, it was already around 6.54 p.m. Yes, sir, we are only until 7. There are only five minutes until that, and even if I let you in, the guard just wouldn't let you in, to be honest. Then just tell them to let us in. You hired them, so you can tell them what to do. I'm also just staff here, sir. We were instructed that we cannot let people in anymore. Okay, listen here. Then why did you put on your website that it was until 7? You guys are giving us false information. This is bad service. We always go to restaurants before closing and they let us in every time. Listen here. Next time, if you're late to the movies and they don't let you win, then you'll know what we're feeling. And they both walk out. I just couldn't fathom how stupid and entitled some people can be. Like, who the heck doesn't understand what until 7 means? Anyway, the manager was really chill the whole time. 
Good thing Karen and her husband walked out or else they get slammed on the floor by our guards Which would have been interesting to see well, uh, to be honest, after hearing that last line, I kind of wish they had, you know, put up more of a fight and said, you know what? No, we are coming in. We're, we're before seven. I'm coming in to see some lovely art uh, just so we could have enjoyed them, you know, getting slammed to the ground because that would have been fun. You know, entitled people getting decked is what I personally live for. and I know a lot of you guys do, too. So, um, yeah. Oh, well, maybe next time they'll be a little bit more entitled and we'll see them get absolutely shoved on their faces. Brilliant stuff. My mother ruined my graduation party. This happened a few years ago, but I was browsing reddit and thinking about my mum, So I thought I would post it. This story is about me an 18 year old female at the time my dad and my mum. They've been divorced for a very long time My senior year I was taking dual courses in college So I was not that excited about my high school graduation My dad and stepmom decided that they were gonna throw me a small graduation party to celebrate It was very small. Only my grandma and siblings were invited. It was more like a barbecue, to be honest. But I had no idea it was happening because they wanted to surprise me. My father reached out to my mother and told her that they were going to have a small thing for me and that she was welcome to come. My mother, though, became outraged that I did not call and personally invite her. She called me one night and screamed at me for a solid hour. Here is part of the conversation. Hey, mum, what's up? Why didn't you invite me to your party? What party? Your graduation party. Don't act like you don't know. I'm not having a graduation party. I I don't know what you're talking about. Don't you lie to me. I know you're having a party and I want to know why you hate me so much. This is your graduation. I should be there. Mum, seriously, all I know about is the ceremony. And as far as I know, you've already been given an invitation. Fine, I won't come, but I just want you to know I care about you and it hurts to know you don't care about me I was upset and went to go and talk to my dad about it He said that he was sorry, but my stepmom and him were planning a surprise party He invited her to be nice, but didn't think she would react like that So it wasn't a surprise anymore, but I was happy for the thought a few days later was the graduation ceremony After the ceremony, I met up with everyone up front for pictures in my cap and gown My mum had purposefully dragged mascara down her cheek to make it look like she'd been sobbing I knew it was on purpose because not only did she have a waterproof mascara But her makeup was perfect despite the little bit running down her face We took pictures and she refused to smile in any of them She made sure that every picture she was in she frowned as hard as she could and scrunched up her face She looked like a toddler having a tantrum She decided to not even go to the party afterwards She did however call me every 20 minutes to express how left out of my life she felt It was not a large party It was fun and I have many smiling pictures of my dad and me I mean goodness me if you're gonna call op every 20 minutes you might as well have gone to the party You're pretty much there already woman. What the heck? I mean seriously though It's so embarrassing ruining someone else's your own daughter's graduation just because you're a little bit unhappy at the situation I mean first of all there's that frowning in pictures dragging your mascara down your face acting sad when you're not really you're just trying to ruin someone's day and secondly then ruining the surprise when you know it's a surprise because op's dad would almost definitely have told you it's a surprise why why are you going out of your way to just ruin your own child's day on a pretty important day for them graduation is a big thing come on what are you doing seriously woman now moving on to our next post no karen i won't let you take my steak So last year was my mum's 60th birthday with lockdown. We couldn't do a big party But instead I did a socially distance meal for her my dad and me 
She wanted a steak dinner with all the trimmings I went down to the supermarket a few days beforehand Said supermarket has these specially cut steaks in vacuum packs and a deal of three for ten pounds I was choosing steaks and noticed a woman close by doing the same and picking up several I took my three put them in my trolley and moved on I went along got the remainder of my list then thought of getting wine I moved away from my trolley whilst choosing when I turned back that customer from before was leaning over my trolley Uh, hi, this is my trolley, you know Oh, I know. I'm just taking one of your steaks. What? I chose those. You were there too. I saw you pick some up. Right, but I got 14 and I need one more. I have three. You're not taking one of mine. I deliberately pulled my trolley away from her at this point. You have to. I need it for the multi-deal. And I need it to feed three people. No. She's red in the face by now. I'll go and get the manager then go ahead. She runs off and I finish choosing my wine five minutes later I'm waiting to get checked out when the lady comes over with the manager She stood back with this smug look I could see through her mask while the manager came over mom This lady says you stole one of her steaks. Is that true? No, I picked up three at the freezer and later on I found her leaning over my trolley and she said she'd take one She said she needs it for the multi-deal the manager sighed I knew it. She does this. I'm sorry to trouble you. Enjoy your day. You too. Good luck with her. The manager sighed again and walked away. As I checked out, I saw him guiding her away from the till points. A few minutes later, I heard a security to the meat art announcement as I was leaving. The steaks were lovely, but not worth stealing from someone else's trolley. My God, 15 steaks. Who are you feeding? An entire village? Seriously, why get 15 for the multi-deal? Why not just settle on, you know, 12? Let other people have a couple steaks as well? This guy is just getting three. I mean, seriously, you're stealing from his trolley when he has three and you have 14? Wow. Wow. Uh, wow, any of you ever bought over 14 steaks? I mean, even if you're like doing a barbecue for a lot of people, you wouldn't need that many steaks. You get burgers, sausages, other stuff as well, surely. Not 14 steaks. 15 steaks you wanted? Jesus! Wow! Now moving on to our final story of today's episode. Karen insults my wedding ring to my face. First of all, some backstory. When I first met the man who became my husband, we were not well off. He moved across the country to come and live with me and had not a penny to his name He proposed to me without a ring, which I was perfectly okay with. It was incredibly romantic He actually popped the question spontaneously and it's still one of the happiest days of my life He promised me when he was better off financially He would buy any ring that I wanted a while after our engagement The day came where he surprised me by taking me to a jewelry store He had saved a $5,000 budget plus a little wigger room for some credit if needed. He told me to go nuts. It was so fun and romantic. I tried on dozens of rings, diamonds, platinum bands, lesser gemstones, etc. Then I saw a set of steel titanium rings. They were originally designed for the grooms, not for the brides, but I'd never been a big diamond fan and I preferred simple flat rings to mounted stones. I ended up falling in love with a super simple black titanium ring with angled grooves. It was gorgeous. It was exactly what I wanted. And best of all, they were cheap, less than $200. My husband liked them too, so much that we got him a matching band. We decided to use them as both the engagement ring and the actual wedding ring. We had to special order them as the jewelry store didn't stock our sizes on hand. I got a surprise when they arrived to find that my husband had requested engraving on the inside of mine 
It says, my precious. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I love that ring to death. I wear it to this day and it still makes me smile. So then, the story. This took place seven years after I got married. I worked at a chain sandwich shop where we assembled the sandwiches in front of the customer. My store was next to a yoga studio, CrossFit training, and plastic surgeon's office. So we got our fair share of Karens and holier-than-thou rich people. It wasn't uncommon for somebody to drive up in a $100,000 sports car, toting a Prada bag and sunglasses that cost more than my rent. They almost always came in to order the most picky, complicated subs, then complain about the price. We were quite used to those kind of people. But this lady took the cake. Enter the entitled Karen and her bratty teenage daughter. They looked the part to a T. They proceeded to order the usual complicated, picky subs, asking tons of questions about the nutritional info of every item. To assemble the food, we wear clear plastic food service gloves. Because my ring is flush to my hand and won't rip the gloves, I had approval from the manager to wear it at work. While assembling this woman's sandwich, her teenage daughter notices my ring. Oh, that's cute. Is that a promise ring? No, that's actually my wedding ring. Karen then scoffs loudly. Are you serious? Yes, it's both my engagement and wedding ring. It has been for several years. Karen looked me dead in the eyes and said, you have a cheap husband. I balked to her comments, but tried to remain professional. That may be your opinion, mom, but I happen to like this ring. I picked it out myself. Honestly, managing to stay professional in that situation is something I could not do when being insulted like that. That is crazy. And to be completely honest, if that was me in that situation, screw my job. I'm going all out on this woman saying, how dare you say something like that to me about my ring? Karen replied, anyway, then you have a terrible taste in jewelry. She then turned to her daughter. If your father had given me a ring that ugly, I would have left him on the spot. Make sure your future husband gets you a ring that at least has diamonds in it. I was floored. I usually get a ton of compliments about my ring. I never expected someone to insult it, let alone straight to my face. I was so flabbergasted, I couldn't even continue working on her food. I excused myself and went into the back and told my co-worker to finish them up for me. I couldn't even stand to be around them. When I told my manager the whole story, he almost didn't believe me. We had to watch the security footage to prove it had actually happened. We never saw that entitled woman again. I'm glad she didn't come back. I still shake with rage every time I recount the story. I still have that ring on my hand today, and it's still the most beautiful, wonderful ring I could ever hope for. I love my husband very much. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me, and that matters far more than any jewelry. I mean, personally, guys, I've never really understood why buying an expensive ring is so important for so many people. I mean, surely if, like OB, you see one that you really like and it happens to be cheaper than you expected, just get it. It's still a great ring. Like, yes, it's not the most expensive ring. It's not $5,000 plus, but who really cares? Like, who's going to come up to you apart from this entire woman and say, oh my God, that ring is so cheap. Why don't you get a more expensive one? I mean, I say that it did literally just happen in the story. Um, So there's that. But still, this woman is like a a once in a lifetime. Surely that is not going to happen regularly surely i mean ultimately if you're happy with the ring as you say at the end there it really doesn't matter what other people think about it it's just like baffling that people care so much isn't it to like say oh my god how does your husband not buy you a more expensive and nicer ring than that with diamonds in it who gives a sh-? <laughs> all right we'll probably have to bleep that but um <laughs> that's my general thought 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Entitled Mother demands my prize money. Where I worked, we would have a holiday party where we could play games to win money. The way it worked was that everyone would win at least $5. Well, one of the games was a speed round question type thing. Think Family Feud style. One of my co-workers, who was playing against me, loudly commented that she would freak me out and win. It's easy, I'm no competition, etc. She was so focused on making faces at me and trying to act tough, she completely missed the question. I answered correctly and she was out of the game. She loudly complained it wasn't fair and sat sulking. I won the top prize and she came up to me demanding I give her the money because she's a single mother and needed that money for Christmas gifts for her children. She then went on saying I'm horrible, don't need that money, I must hate children, their Christmas is ruined and it's all my fault and more. She even tried to grab at my pocket where my wallet was. Our boss told her to back off. She also tried to rally other workers against me. It didn't work and she was written up. For months, I was called a selfish, child-hating female dog by her for not giving her the money. My prize money amount? $40. Before all of this, she was bragging about all of the stuff she and her baby daddy bought for the children, including new phones and gaming consoles. So yeah, she didn't need it. And there I was thinking that OP had won a massive prize, like at least $1,000 or something that's like properly significant enough to, you know, spend a lot of money on a newborn baby. Not $40, man. $40? Everyone gets $5, but you're almost on your way to $40. Jesus, seriously? $40? You're making this much of a fuss? Why? Now moving on to our second story. Entitled grandparents' horrible life revealed during custody battle. This one, guys, strap in is what I'm going to say. It's incredible. This story is long, but needs to be told. It was the darkest time in our lives. My husband and I met almost 11 years ago. At that time, he had not known where his only son was, and he'd not seen him for two years. Before the disappearance, my husband had been involved daily, taking him to daycare and even the mum to work until her boyfriend was arrested and transferred to another state for charges he had there. My husband sold his motorcycle to help her pay bills, but instead she packed up and took off to use that money to bail him out and live in the state he was transported to. He tried for months to talk to her parents, but they claimed they didn't know anything. We married right before his deployment, and I decided to start a search, hoping he'd be allowed contact with his son before deploying. I was able to find the woman and discovered she was back in state and had abandoned their child with her parents. She allowed him visitation only if we paid for his birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese, so we did this gladly. My husband remained in contact daily until his deployment overseas. He continued trying to call when he had access, but they would not answer and eventually changed their number again so he no longer had that access. We found out later that they were also telling him that his daddy didn't want anything to do with him. I continued to monitor my husband's son's mother's social media 
and right before his return, I discovered that she had several charges in different counties and was actually on the run. So as soon as he returned stateside, we filed custody. We also discovered that she had abandoned her infant with her brother in another state as her parents refused to take him and had called CPS to pick him up. They only wanted the child she had with my husband because he was paying support. Throughout this process, I'd been angry at my husband because he never fought for his rights. But what I learned and what most men feel is that he believed he had no rights and did whatever they wanted. He and his family would have to pay support in order to have any type of visitation with his son. He didn't know that he could go to court and file for his rights as most men don't. The grandparents were both druggies who eventually dragged their daughter into it. And they tried pawning her onto my husband because her habit had become too much for them. When my husband discovered their lifestyle, he left and she showed up a few months later pregnant. At the time of filing for custody, they awarded the grandparents temp custody during transition because the mother was a wanted fugitive and couldn't be involved. Our state doesn't even allow grandparents rights, but judges here will give over custody to grandparents before they will a dad because they want the government funding they get from collecting child support from dads. We went through a year and three months battling a judge that hates men and straight up told my husband his military career made him look unstable so she'd never turn over custody to him. So in response, he just gave up his military career. In this year and three months, these people would break every court order put in place and have zero responsibility for them. They wouldn't use a car seat. They were doing drug deals around him. He stayed sick due to the cigarette smoke in the house. They refused legal visitation time and took off out of state to hide him. They wouldn't take him to school. They allowed the mother to be in the home, even though there was a no contact order in place for her. Being determined and maybe a little psycho when it comes to my kids, I'd managed to find things our attorney could not. We discovered he didn't have a bed there because they had too many people living in the home. We also found he had an STD at one point, which caused CPS involvement. They were abusive to their other grandson, calling him names and beating him when they'd visit because he was autistic and they themselves had been arrested for making and selling meth and the grandfather had been arrested for beating the grandma. The drug charge was not publicly known, I'm guessing because they ratted. However, there was a case in figuring out what to legally do with property that was forfeited after the arrest. I found this and proof of the bio mum being allowed in the house that resulted in us getting temporary custody. A year and one month in and the grandparents failed a drug test. The daughter had twins that were taken by CPS immediately after birth due to drug use while pregnant and her current fugitive status. Still, the judge refused to give over custody to a willing and able father. Our attorney, also prior military, put pressure on the judge and we had sent a complaint to the state Supreme Court, along with every single state official detailing how this judge was doing everything against the laws in our states. Eventually, the judge couldn't take the pressure and gave us custody. It came out that she was hoping the buyer mum would get her legal stuff in order and she could give over custody to her instead. In August of 2013, we brought our baby home permanently. However, we were forced to give the grandparents visitation that lasted until March of 2014. They continued smoking around him, making him so sick he wound up on multiple medications. They took him to do drug deals, which he told his counselor about, and also told him he wasn't my husband's son and they were going to get custody back, 
resulting in lots of nightmares They'd also been telling him my husband never loved him or had anything to do with him Which took weeks in counseling and pictures proving otherwise They put this boy through hell His teeth were rotted out of his head and at four and five He spent his life in front of two tvs with just cartoons and video games He only ate fast food and pop and was too weak to pedal a bicycle He watched his mother get beat and a knife to her throat and then she'd disappear for hours to go and do drugs Leaving him at three years old to care for an infant They mentally abused him and used him for child support The last time he came home reeking of cigarettes so bad It threw my older daughter into an asthma attack and that ended their visits The things they told him and did have trickled out through the years He remembered one of the times we were refused visitation was because his mother had taken him and hid in a hotel He watched her steal things from stores and she was arrested four times at their house through all of this Yes, I called and reported it every time These horrible people have not been part of his life since then His bio mum has done a stint in prison and is once again running from new charges and her probation He'll be 14 years old this year and he's very needy with me because I make him feel loved and safe This child is one of the biggest blessings i've ever had He's so thoughtful and kind and tries to take care of me His father is scared to let him go anywhere away from us because of the trauma that not knowing where he was caused And then hearing what all he went through in that time I've never met more horrible people in my life Nor have I ever imagined how resilient he would be after going through all this He's so very smart special and a gift. I thank god for daily We both agree that even with my husband's deployments, which was a pretty bad one This was far worse than anything else We've spent years now fighting for father's rights across the country and been a part of some law changes in our state We have to inform men of their rights We have to give them the resources because children deserve both parents It's disgusting how much it costs in legal fees just to be a parent and maybe one day it won't be necessary We've got people working on the government level to change these laws that created this inequality My husband is an amazing father Not only did he raise his three children from a previous marriage But we've done youth and college age ministry together Giving kids a family where they didn't have one before We've provided a home, food, insurance, gas money and phones He will never stop caring and loving those that were abandoned There are so many men out there that are amazing fathers But don't get the chance to be They take their lives daily. They have everything taken from them and are financially ruined when all they want is to love their kids. Children deserve custody of both parents. Alienation has to stop. Our now 14 year old is our youngest. That may have been the worst thing we've ever gone through, but I'd do it again for him. I will never not fight for my kids and I'll never not fight for other fathers going through this. If you know one, check on them, hook them up with groups that can help give information and encouragement. Courts are not fair and men feel the loss of their children the same as a mother They're hurting and grieving daily for a child that is still alive They're losing hope and giving up They're being made to feel guilty if they stop fighting because they're tired and broke It's emotionally draining and leaves you completely depleted These men eventually believe that it would be better for their kids if they just walk away They don't want them in the middle of the fighting anymore Maybe the ex and judges convince them that they're not worthy so their kids will be better without them 
A very interesting theme there. I'll be honest, guys, I really don't have much knowledge or experience in terms of, you know, uh, custody, divorce, that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, my parents are still together and, you know, I don't really know much about all that stuff. I'll be honest. So you guys probably can enlighten me in the comments down below. But I do know that, yeah, OP is definitely right. I mean, all the specifics in law are interesting there. And the fact that judges are still, well, some judges anyway, are still massively favoring towards women than, than men in terms of custody is definitely true. But yeah, I, I wonder why there is this stigma or this like general feeling that men are less responsible than women when it comes to parenting. Maybe that's true as well. Maybe that is just a fact, but it is definitely unfair on men like, you know, OP's husband in this story, who clearly is a great man, would do anything to, you know, see their child and look after their son, but it's not being allowed to. And in fact, you know, it goes the other way. Like clearly the woman, his ex and their family are just completely mental. Why is the judge siding with them over the man? Is it just because she's a woman? I don't know. It's tough to say. Maybe there are other reasons that weren't disclosed in this in this story, in this post. I'm not sure though, because as it stands in that story, yeah, a severe lack of equality going on in, in this case in particular. And if this is a common thing, you know, throughout court cases and, and custody and divorce sort of battles, then it's very worrying, isn't it? And I'm not really sure why it's going on. But yeah, as I say, please let me know down below if you know anything about this, have experience with it or, you know, are a lawyer that'd be ideal because i really don't know too much but yeah interesting stuff nonetheless hope you enjoyed that story an entitled mum wants to get her entitled kid to drive my new car i got into redditor videos a few days ago and i remembered an entitled parent story that happened to me about half a year ago well first of all op you're an absolute legend for watching my videos second of all guys if you're watching and you are new to my channel please make sure you hit the subscribe button it's totally free and it makes me feel incredible so thank you anyway sorry for that let's get into this story so for some context i bought myself a mini cooper se the first fully electric vehicle by Mini a few weeks before this story happens. Where I live, in Germany, electric cars need to have a so-called AVAS, which is Acoustic Vehicle Alerting System, turned on when driving below 30 kilometers per hour. The AVAS makes a sound to warn walkers and bikers on the street because electric vehicles normally don't make much noise. The one on the Mini Cooper SE kind of sounds like a spaceship. Now, this will be important for later. Can I just say, I actually had no idea that this was the case. I didn't know that electric cars were required to make a noise when they're going at a certain speed, below a certain speed threshold. That makes a lot of sense to me because I've always wondered, you know, cars that are silent, surely they're gonna, you know, cause some crashes. That is genius. Now onto the story. About half a year ago, we celebrated my grandma's 60th birthday and I took my new mini to get to the celebration. I didn't know who else was invited, but I didn't really care at the time. The ride to my grandma's place was long and I knew that I needed to recharge at my grandma's place or else I couldn't make it back home. So I arrive and I see a few people, including my entitled aunt and her entitled kid, waiting for me in the driveway. To park in the parking lot that they'd prepared for me, the one next to an outlet where I could charge my car, I drove rather slowly because I'd only done this a few times before and I was extra careful. Therefore, the AVAS system was turned on. I get out, plug my car into the outlet, and we go inside to celebrate. After about two hours, I wanted to go and check if my car was all right. Remember guys, it was rather new at this time, so this was completely normal, and to get some fresh air as well. I go out and see the entitled aunt and her kid looking at my car. The following conversation went kind of like this. Mummy, this car sounded like a spaceship. I know, sweetie. I don't know why it does that, though. Uh, guys, can I help you with something? Is this your car? Yes. 
My child wants to drive it. Uh, what? I can drive it for a bit and take him with me if that's what you'd like? No, no, uh, he wants to drive it. It doesn't look as complicated as a normal car, so I'm sure he can drive it. For some context, the Cooper SE has only two pedals and no gear lever because it's electric. Also, when talking about my car earlier, I said that it feels like you're driving a go-kart. Uh, I can assure you that he doesn't want to drive it. It's way more complicated than it looks. But it sounded like a spaceship, so it can't be more than a little toy. I want to drive that spaceship now! Sorry, but I can't allow that. Why not? You're just being selfish. Sure, you can drive for a minute or two in the driveway just here. No, he's just a kid. Well, I bet you don't even own that car. It sure is stolen or someone else owns it. Uh, no, I've literally got the keys. I pull out the keys and open the car. Big, big mistake. Look, sweetie, and now you can get in. She picks up her son and puts him on the driver's seat. I'm very annoyed and angry at this point. Excuse me, what do you think you're doing? You've been very rude to me and my little angel, so he deserves to drive your car. Now, the kid obviously couldn't start up the car because it was still plugged in, but he was messing around with the electronics inside and he tried to actually start the engine multiple times. There's a yellow obvious start switch below the GPS system. Would you please take your kid out of my car? No, he deserves it. That's where I'd had enough. I pushed the entire mum aside and opened the driver's seat door. I take the entitled kid out of my car myself and put him on the floor on his feet. What does the entitled butthole do? He lets himself fall on purpose and then starts crying that I broke his arm while taking him out of the car. Of course, the mum then starts screaming and shouting about how close her son was to death. I really didn't use much force or anything. The other family members hear the entitled kids crying. Meanwhile, I unplug my car, get into it and drive away. So OP's just off. He's out of here. That's actually quite a sensible solution, to be fair. If you stuck around and the kid was crying and it was two people blaming you, you could have been in a lot of trouble. So I think that was actually a very good idea. On my way back home, I had to recharge once. And that's where I called the others back and tell them what actually happened. They tell me that my entitled aunt tried to call an ambulance and actually was kicked out of the celebration. Oh, and also, just in case any of you are wondering if this story was fake or not, Opie's actually said, if you tell me this is a fake story, I'll tell you that you're wrong. Thanks for reading. Well, that clears that one up then. Oh, and also, just in case any of you are wondering if this story might be fake, Opie actually says at the bottom of this story, if you tell me this is fake, I'll tell you that you're wrong. Thanks for reading. Well, I guess that clears it up then. He also says in the comments down below that the kid would have been about six or seven years old, which honestly just makes the story even more mad because what are you doing, woman? Uh, I don't understand. Has this lady never been in a car before? I mean, what does this lady not understand though, really? Driving a car, by the way, is quite hard especially if you've never done it before. Even for me, right? I passed my test a couple years ago and I'm still terrible at driving. In fact, I literally haven't driven since I passed my test. But um, yeah, it's tough to do, especially in a manual car. Like, even if it's an electric automatic car, it's still hard. You gotta be aware, you gotta have common sense. You gotta be, well, the legal age, 17, 18, whatever it is in Germany. I don't know, but not six or seven, that's for sure. And even on private property, even in a parking lot, you're going to be have to make turns and that sort of stuff and being able to look over the steering wheel and see where you're going. It's an obvious no. Why? And now moving on to our second story. A wild Karen got arrested with a felony. For some background, I'm a 35-year-old father of two boys. I have PTSD due to time overseas and have the physical scars to match the mental ones. I have an incredible wife 
that knows me and knows what situations I should avoid. My children are amazing, but this story revolves around my youngest son and my service dog. James, my youngest son, has autism, and we share a special bond because some things that set him off also put my teeth on edge. Spike is my English bulldog. He's my service dog. He's well-trained, lazy, judgmental, and overall uninterested in anything he can't eat. He's also very in tune to James and my emotions and will provide a distraction when we get overwhelmed. Basically, he's like, oh, you're stressed? Here, scratch my butt. You'll feel better and I'll get attention. It's a win-win. So now for the story. My family recently moved to Texas. Because we now live very close to an amusement park, we got memberships. Shout out to the park for being amazing when it comes to special needs. This particular park in Arlington, Texas has a special program for autistic people. They have rooms set aside to chill out if you're overstimulated so you can relax, go back out, get overstimulated again, and around and around you go. That is amazing. With James, we also don't have to wait in lines. This is a huge thing and the cause of this story. The park has a pass that lets you skip most of the lines and they charge an arm and a leg for this. However, with that pass, you still end up in a line of the hundreds of people that also have that pass. But James gets no lines at all. We get a special pass and we go in through the exits. The worker signs the pass and we go on the ride. James has a favorite ride, the log ride. There have been days that we'd ride the log ride over and over, then eat. We also have the food pass, which we pay for, then go back to the log ride. On this day, Tom, my eldest, and James wanted to go on the log ride. So we made our way to the exit and left my wife and Spike in the shade because someone's got to stay with him and bulldogs and rides obviously don't mix. As we were going into the exit, a woman started screaming at us. I've absolutely no hearing on my right side. Thanks, high pressure wave. So I didn't consider it worth turning my head to listen to now because we ride this ride almost exclusively The workers on this ride know us by name and sight. James even talks to them, which is rare We go in show the pass sit and ride this time though tabitha I'll call her tabitha because karen is overused good point The woman that was screaming at us as we were walking in through the exits made her way to where the speedy pass ends at the ride where a red shirt will check her pass and let her go on her way. But she didn't even want to ride. She just wanted to yell about us going in through the exits and how we are abusing the system. Now, anyone that looks at James can see he's all in the world on his own and wouldn't be surprised if he's literally reading the future or talking to aliens. He's awesome. The red shirt tries to calm her down. Tom is getting upset because he's a normal nine-year-old and adults yelling is uncool. James is making his excited sounds and waiting for the log to stop so he can get in. We get in and as we float away, we still hear Tabitha screaming. The ride ends and we exit. We figured we'd never see Tabitha again, but obviously as I'm posting this, it didn't really go that way. Tabitha appeared like a dark brother after making the sacrifice, Elder Scrolls reference, hooting and screaming. She was screaming that just because James is an R word doesn't mean we get extra rights. The screaming causes James to let out his super screech. Now, anyone that knows autism knows that autistic kids have superpowers. In James's case, it's a supersonic, ear-shattering, high-pitched screech that makes your eyes swim and makes it feel like things in your head are moving that really shouldn't. This whole time, Spike was lying on the ground in the froggy position, as bulldogs do, just looking at Tabitha like she's a rabid dog but not worth getting up for. As we are being screamed at, I see two officers approaching from behind Tabitha. 
I smile. My smile must have broke Tabitha because she then hauled off and kicked Spike. This flips my switch because now my family is literally under attack and I start to react. Before I could make contact, Tabitha is already in the air, being half carried, half dragged away while being cuffed. Now in front of me is a well-dressed and annoyed looking officer. He tells us he heard the screech and started heading towards it because they thought a ride broke or something actually bad had happened. I take the time to unflip that switch and examine Spike. He's limping and crying. I feel his hips and feel that his hip is dislocated. The officer asked what happened and we all explain what went on from A to Z. He asks if Spike is a service dog. I say yes. He smiles. I'm not really in a smart mood, but it catches me off guard. He explains that in Texas, to intentionally injure a service dog is actually a felony. By this time, park security arrived and issued a trespass order to Tabitha. The officers ask if I want to press charges. I look at Spike and I look back. Yes, I say. Tabitha and her tiny mouse-like husband start to freak out as Tabitha is loaded onto a golf cart. We hop on a cart too and leave to go to the vet. The vet fixed Spike and all is well. We went back the next day with Spike in a stroller. No one batted an eyelid and everyone loves the bulldog in a stroller. I let people pet him, he's a hoot and the park is an amazing place. I've been contacted by the investigating officer and have given depositions. I may have to testify, but I look forward to sitting on the bench with Spike on my lap. Uh, Yeah, pretty extreme reaction there from this woman. Not getting what you want in a certain situation. I'm just going to kick a dog. Why? Well, I don't really know. It's not really something that I would do in that situation. And I imagine not something that many people would think to do. But she did it. Quite why she did it, I'm not really sure. A question, actually, for those of you that know about, you know, the law and dogs in general. Is it therefore not a felony if you just kick a random dog? Does it have to be a service dog for it to be a felony? Because if that's the case, shouldn't it have the same sort of punishment if it's a dog or a service dog or just any animal? Kicking any sort of animal is a little bit mad. I think. But yeah, overall, Spike sounds like an absolute legend of a dog and um, definitely sue this woman for as much money as she has because kicking an animal, nah, that is just not on. I work in an antique store. Don't let your child climb in the vase. Seriously, if they break it, you have to buy it. A child, maybe seven years old, got stuck in a very large, very expensive vase today. My boss was on the shop floor. He explained the policy about breakages to the parents of this kid. But he's a child, they squealed. My boss just shrugged and pointed to the policy poster. He pointed out the cameras that caught them lifting their child into said expensive vase for funsies. The stuck child began to panic. I came out of the back to a broken vase and parents threatening to sue. So my boss threatened to call the police. In the end, the parents did pay for the vase and took their uninjured child away, thankfully. Basically, don't put your kids in expensive vases. I feel this should go without saying. A cheeky little story to start off today's episode then. I mean, to be fair, if the kid had gone in the vase himself, you could say, you know what, they're just a kid. But the parents putting their own kid in the vase and then saying, you know what, we're not paying. And if you force us to, we're going to sue. Why? Now moving on to our second story. My parents attempt to break up my relationship several times, culminating in the Thanksgiving from heck. Okay, this is a long one, but I hope it's worth a listen. My wife is a long-time lurker of this subreddit, and I've recently started reading these and listening to the stories, so I was inspired to post. My parents have long been a pain in my butt, but for now, I'm going to mainly focus on my Thanksgiving from heck and the incidents leading up to it. 
A few years ago, I met my future wife on an online dating app. We hit it off fairly quickly and the relationship progressed really fast. I was in my late 20s and she turned 30 soon after we met. We both had a good idea of what we were looking for in a partner and had no interest in games. I met her parents within a few months, though I was much more reluctant to introduce her to mine for reasons that will become apparent. The problems began almost as soon as I told my folks I was dating someone. This was about six months into my relationship as I was reluctant to inform my parents due to the fact they tried to call the cops on my last long-term girlfriend. I might share that story later, please do. Myself, my brother, and my parents were having dinner at a local Mexican restaurant and making small talk. They started asking me questions about my girlfriend, mostly the usual innocent questions, but at some point I let slip that she was Jewish. Boy, was that a mistake. My parents are hyper-conservative Christians. For years, they've been trying to get me to date a girl from our church. A good friend of mine, but we were never really a match to be a couple. And they always expected I would marry someone who was at least Christian. I am Christian by belief to this day, but I rarely have interactions with the church due to some incidents with the priest. No, not that kind of incident, but yet another good story for later. My dad, without missing a beat, told me i should break up with my girlfriend he told me that i was going to marry a christian girl and that was that i was fuming and i don't remember the full extent of the rest of that conversation but i told him that i wasn't breaking up with her and the rest of the dinner was tense the next couple of months went about as smooth as you might imagine but i thought i was slowly wearing them down at some point they invited my girlfriend and i over for dinner and i thought there was finally some progress being made Nope. They got my brother to distract me in another room of the house while they sat down with my girlfriend and explained why they did not think she was good for me. They straight up told my girlfriend that she needed to break up with me because I was going to marry a good Christian girl. They even offered to pay her if she ended up leaving me. My girlfriend politely told them off and we left. Fast forward to November. My family is really big on the holidays, as I know many are, and we had very large extended family gatherings for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think in my entire life, we only missed one of these events. I wanted to go and take my girlfriend to meet the rest of the family. My parents may have had their heads up their butts, but the rest of my family has always seemed great to me. The event would be at my grandmother's house this year, my mum's mother, with a small gathering for my dad's side the day before Thanksgiving. I talked to my grandmother, who was fine with me bringing my girlfriend up so long as she slept in a separate room. No problem. There's no way I'm going to have sex with my girlfriend in my grandmother's house anyway. I decided to ask my mother as well. Not that I needed her permission, but I'm an optimist, and I hoped that she'd be on board and maybe see my girlfriend having positive interactions with the family would help the general situation. My mother was resistant at first, mainly because she was upset that we were getting an apartment together and did not want to encourage the relationship further. But eventually, she agreed. I should also note, I set some very clear boundaries with my mother about conversation for this trip which she brushed off as unnecessary, but I had my guard up nonetheless. We head out to my grandmother's city, and frankly, the first day is nothing but pleasant. My girlfriend gets to meet both of my grandmothers, some of my cousins, and other extended family. We're having a fairly good time, and I think things are actually going to go well, until my girlfriend and I decide to go to a movie. We are going to go and see Arrival in theaters. My brother, who is five years older than me, wants to tag along. He rode up with my parents. My girlfriend and I came up in my car. 
So my brother has to ride with us to the movie The three of us sit together and my girlfriend and I snuggle through most of it It was a fantastic movie and the ending made me cry My girlfriend held me as the credits rolled But I think all the cuddles had not sat well with my brother who was single He got up and I will never forget what he said or the malicious tone in which he said it too bad mum and dad will never let you marry her because she's jew my brother jogged out of the theater before either my girlfriend or i could muster up a response we sat there a bit dumbfounded for a few minutes eventually the house lights went up in the theater and we tried to formulate a plan i have no idea where my brother is at this point but he can't go too far considering we drove him i decided to call my folks considering i have no clue where he is and i really don't want to talk to him at this point to my surprise my mother sides with me and tells me it's all right if we just leave him he can get an uber back we half consider it but we find him on the way out and my girlfriend who is used to dealing with buttholes and children in her job completely cows him with words he silently rides back with us we drop him off and my girlfriend and i go have dinner by ourselves we debate just leaving entirely but decide my parents themselves have not crossed any of the boundaries we set so we're gonna stay for now it wouldn't take them very long though that same evening i was getting ready to watch some netflix in bed with my girlfriend nothing untoward was going to happen she just likes falling asleep to the great british baking show as i walk past the living room my mother calls me in and complains that i am not spending enough time with my family i'm a bit angry at this common manipulation tactic from my mother but i go and chat for my grandmother's sake My mum tries to tell me that my grandmother is upset with me that my girlfriend and I are planning on moving in together before we're even married. I decide that my grandmother does not need my mother being a mouthpiece for her. So I sit on the couch in between the two of them and face my grandmother. My grandmother and I chat. She's a bit worried about me moving in with the woman while unwed, but we calmly discuss the situation. She doesn't back down on her objection, but eventually concedes that it's my life She likes my girlfriend and she's happy for us regardless this entire time My mother has been constantly trying to butt in on the conversation But I am physically putting myself between her and my grandmother, which is just annoying her even more Eventually my father sees what's going on and also butts in Apparently he can't contain himself anymore and just goes off about everything he sees wrong with my relationship I can't remember his exact gripes. I likely tuned them out, but I did call him a coward for talking rubbish behind my girlfriend's back. She was in her room still waiting on me. This really angered him and he stormed out to fetch my girlfriend. He came back with her in tow and proceeded to tear into her in front of me, my mum, and my grandmother, who was mortified that this was happening in her house. He said, My son will be Christian. His wife will be Christian. His children will be baptized in our church. He was almost screaming at her. He also basically accused her of trying to steal my inheritance by getting knocked up by me and added some very inappropriate commentary about how he knew my girlfriend was getting older and her biological clock was ticking down through the whole tirade my wife stood there quietly like i said she's used to dealing with buttholes and she's tough as nails letting him finish up and run out of energy my girlfriend turned to my grandmother and thanked her for her hospitality before turning back to my father and asking him why did you even invite us here if you were going to act like this my dad yelled again we did not invite you here we never would have invited you here 
At this point, I gleefully pulled out my phone and showed him the conversation I had had with my mother, where she literally agreed for my girlfriend to be here. My dad couldn't find the words, but just glared at his wife. At this point, I told them that my girlfriend and I were leaving. It was near 11 o'clock, but we packed up my car and left for our hometown. My dad got in one more word before we left, saying, you two better have broken up by the time you get home. Have a long, hard think about your future. To which I just laughed as we got in the car. My girlfriend and I drove home on pure adrenaline. We alternated between angry, humiliation, and frustration at the absurdity of the whole thing. This story does have something of a happy ending though. In the days that followed, we got a lot of calls and messages of support from my relatives, who I hadn't told about the incident. It turns out my brother had made some vague social media posts about how sad he was for me and asking everyone to pray for my brother. Apparently, many of my relatives took this to mean I'd been hurt and were all calling my mother and father. When my parents were forced to explain the situation, all of my relatives sided with my girlfriend and I. In the months that followed, this incident caused my grandmother to think back on how she acted with her own daughters. It turns out that my mother had been the only marriage out of three daughters my grandmother had actually approved of. This incident made my grandmother realize that she'd acted poorly with her other daughters and she came to them to finally mend those old wounds. I had no idea. It always seemed like my grandmother and her daughters had a great relationship, but these were old wounds that had just scabbed rather than really healed. Overall, my family got closer because of this incident. In addition, my father has had a dramatic change over the course of the intervening years, where once it seemed like we were not going to invite my parents to our wedding, my dad ended up actually being the happiest person there, where my girlfriend, now wife, and I tied the knots. This has been helped by the fact that he discovered some underlying mental health issues after that Thanksgiving, and the meds he is using are truly helping him. He started acting like the father I loved when I was a kid. My mother is still a problem, and boy do I have more stories, but she's mostly behaving because she knows my wife and I can and will block her from seeing her future grandchildren. Now, this was a truly great story. Not very often do we see entitled people in the stories that I read to you guys actually, you know, improve their lives, understand the mistakes they've made in their past and actually become better people. It's so crazy to see that that has happened with the vast majority of the people that were the problem in this story OP. I mean, your dad is one thing, but your grandmother to go back with her own daughters and say, you know what? I'm so sorry about how I acted and and didn't approve of your marriages. And, you know, let's try and heal those wounds of so many years ago is amazing. So ultimately, I've got to say well done to you and your girlfriend for standing up to these people and you know making them change their ways and really consider it all in a different perspective and go back and correct their mistakes it's amazing to see i wish the same could be said about your mother but unfortunately um i don't think she's quite there yet and if that is true about her just wanting to see her grandchildren and that's the only reason why she's being nice to you and your girlfriend your wife now then that is very very sad i'm not gonna lie hopefully you know enough conversations with her own mother with your dad her husband can make her understand that there's no reason to be like that just accept that your, your son is very happy in a lovely relationship. Just be nice. Entitled Karen wants free pizza forever. Get banned instead. So I'm a store manager for a large chain pizza place that charges a bit more than the competition, but makes an arguably better product. We try to always believe the customer and make them happy if something is wrong. We have a loyal base of regulars who order often, as well as a lot of other business from randoms in the several nearby hotels. So it's Friday night. An entitled Karen calls in an order a very simple pepperoni and jalapeno pizza. The driver delivers it. 
30 minutes later i'm asked to talk to an angry customer on the phone it is the karen is this the manager i've been on hold for over half an hour now that is impossible but okay i'm very sorry about that mom what seems to be the problem i'm at the hotel and your driver was so rude and my pizza is burnt i'm very sorry to hear that the pizza was not up to our quality standards can i make you another and send it out no don't bother you've already ruined my kids dinner and they're crying now give me a credit now that by the way is a major red flag okay mom i'll credit your number and when you order next it will be free i'm very sorry again have a good night whatever then she hangs up i credit the number and think whatever that's the end of it roll on saturday night a colleague again says to me hey this lady on the phone wants to speak to a manager hello thank you for holding this is the manager are you all idiotic how long does it take to answer the freaking phone i'm sorry what you've only been on hold for a moment while my employee got me don't freaking tell me how long i've been on hold i know how long i've been on hold for i was groaning inwardly already a fun customer yippee oh i'm sorry mom how can i assist you my pizza is burnt and you have the rudest freaking delivery driver they practically threw the pizza in my face a light bulb clicked at this story i've dealt with this lady before i'm sorry to hear that i'll definitely talk to the driver about it um can i make you a new pizza to replace the one you said is burnt no give me a credit okay mom uh to ensure our quality standards are being met can i have a driver come and pick up the burnt pizza so i can talk to my production staff about it no we we ate it wait you you ate the burnt pizza yes we were starving and couldn't wait for a remake Uh, just give me a credit what for the pizza you ate well it was freaking burnt let me speak to a manager i am the manager no i want to speak to your manager you're being so rude and disrespectful it's because i'm black isn't it you freaking racist pos mom one stop cussing two i have no idea what you look like or who you are but and she cuts me off that's right you idiot you don't know who the frick i am but you're about to find out she then hangs up before i can say anything else being as she was extra i let my district manager know about a possible complaint on my behavior and i said what actually went down just as i get off the phone with her i hear yelling in the lobby it was her where is that idiotic racist manager i step around the partition and see a cow of a woman wearing tacky bright green and orange with red shoes what an image of an outfit that is by the way guys that is astonishing can i help you i'm already done with this person because i know exactly who it is what you're gonna say something to me now give me a dang refund for my burnt pizza and i want gas money as well for driving over here you didn't pay for any pizza it was free and we don't reimburse gas for people driving to the store what you think this is a freaking joke you're gonna give me my freaking money or it's gonna go off in this building now i am 100 done at this point get out what the f did you say get out of the store you can't tell me to leave this is a public space no mom it's a private business and you are no longer allowed i'm refusing to serve you leave now or i'll be forced to call the police f you f you she continued to bellow this until the police arrive i had to hear every sing-song version of f you for about five minutes the police said to me do you want to trespass sir 
yeah, uh, she isn't welcome here anymore, I replied. Now, the police in our town are super cool with us because we give them special discounts and occasionally donate a stack of pizzas to the precincts. The policeman who was just outside the main door easily heard me. Okay, so you are now being trespassed, he said to the woman. Do not come here, do not linger in the parking lot, or you will be arrested. This applies for every single chain of the pizza store, not just this one. The defeated look on her face when he said that was almost worth the cost of admission. Yes, not the most epic of endings, I know, but what can you do? I don't know, OP. Personally, I think that ending was pretty good, you know? Everyone got the justice that, that they deserved, and, you know, you got on with your day, and this horrible Karen was bad from your pizza store. Good stuff, no? I mean, maybe it might have been better had you got some sort of reaction out of her and, you know, had her actually arrested, but overall, pretty realistic ending to just say, no, you're bad for trespassing, do not come here again, and don't try and use the same techniques to get a free pizza time after time. How stupid do you have to be? Surely at that point, when you get the first credit for the pizza, you, you take the pizza and you run. You go to a different store maybe and try a technique again. You don't try it at the same restaurant with the same manager, the same staff. They're going to remember your voice. They're going to know who you are. They're going to say, oh, just the other day, someone used the same technique and got some credit off me. I wonder if they're the same person. Oh, wait, yes, they obviously are. How dumb can you be? Take the free pizza and run. Now moving on to our next story. Entitled mother gets her parcels delivered to my home. This story is something that happened to me and my fiance fairly recently. We recently bought our first home together in a nice quiet area in the north of England. If you're not familiar with the British postal system, basically we get letters delivered through flaps in our front doors and parcels that are larger than the letterbox get handed to us if we are in. If we're not in, they get given to a neighbor and we can collect them later. If no one can take them, they get taken back to the depot where they sit or are returned to the sender. So, last month, we were just settling into our new home and my fiancé bought some clothes online for a local gym he wanted to join. I was in the house the day of the delivery, as I was expecting it, and I'm working from home. When the delivery lady arrived with the parcel, there were two. I thought nothing of it at first and put it in the garage for my fiancé to open later on. When he came in from work, he rushes to open his delivery like it was Christmas. And to his surprise, the second parcel was not for him. It had our address on, but no name. We were both confused at this point and thought it may be for one of the neighbors and that they would collect it later. Time goes by and we get a note through the door that reads, Hey, my son got his parcel delivered to your house. Call me on insert number here so I can come and collect it. Again, we thought it was a neighbor. So my fiance called the number for a woman to answer and say she'll be over shortly to collect the parcel. It turned out she lived across the town and her son chose our address to have it delivered to. Look, we thought this was weird, but we assumed it must have been a mistake. Anyways, we thought that was the last of it. But the next day, I get two more parcels for this lady's son. Again, with no name, but with our address on the package. At this point, I'm thinking it was a mistake on their part, or possibly they used to live here. Anyway, they came to collect their parcels and all was well. But guess what? More and more parcels over the next week arrive for this lady's son. At this point, I'm starting to get really annoyed by this, as even though I work from home, I can't leave meetings constantly to collect parcels that aren't even ours. So the next day, when the parcel lady comes, I just tell her, sorry, this isn't for me, and you're going to need to return it to the sender. So off she goes and takes the parcel back to the depot. A few hours later, I hear a knock at the door, and guess who? 
the entitled mother is standing there with her son now i hate confrontation so my memory of the conversation is a bit hazy but she was furious that we denied her parcel and now she had to wait for it to be re-delivered i told her she needs to get her parcels delivered to her own home as it's weird and inconvenient for me Like I don't even know this lady. She then tells me it's easier for her to get them delivered to my home as i'm always in and she isn't Now look, maybe this would be possibly okay if I was friends with her and she'd asked me beforehand But she lives across town and chose a random address for her parcels Anyways, she leaves and I think that finally maybe this is the end of the story But parcels keep showing up and for the next week I politely tell the parcel lady they aren't mine and to return to sender after a week of doing this I stopped getting the parcels. So I guess she finally got the message How entitled must this woman have been to think it's okay to get parcels delivered to a random person's home That she doesn't even know because it's easier for her I really hope she wasn't doing this to someone else after me But it was satisfying to know that she would have to wait twice as long for her parcels because they were returned to sender All right now this one guys i'll be honest I don't understand this at all because how would you ever like initially find the address of this random person? So op in this in this story That's the address that this karen has eventually found of somebody who's willing to open packages and, and have karen collect them But what if you were doing this just from the off like when you first started doing this? You have to select a random address, right? I guess relatively near to you, but not too near that you know the person. How do you know? My point is, how do you know that the address that you're sending your packages to, the person who lives there isn't just going to take the packages as their own? Like, how do you know they're just going to hold them? Why would they not either take it as their own if they were a bit, you know, naughty, I guess, or just say, no, that's not mine and return it? How can you know for sure that the person is just going to hold the packages and wait for you to come there? I don't get it and also is it worth all this fuss just because you're not at home when the package might come to know that you're going to be able to get the package off the person who is at home like as you can probably tell i have a lot of questions here about this story it's a very very strange one i think i i'm I'm just a little bit shocked i don't really know what's going on there at all i mean just looking at the comments here on reddit a lot of people uh, a lot cleverer than me are saying maybe there was something illicit or illegal in the packages and that that was why this woman this karen couldn't risk them going to her home they were going to yours instead and that would make a lot of sense because i'll be honest guys i don't understand why anyone would send packages to a different address it makes no sense to me apart from if this might be the reason if this is the reason first of all it makes complete sense second of all op you're in danger i reckon because you know you you can't be too careful with this sort of stuff and if you're accidentally carrying or it looks like you're ordering illicit substances or whatever you could be in big trouble so um yeah i reckon call the police on this one this is why i read the comments of the reddit always after i read a story because everyone there is much more clever than me and likewise all you watching right now you're also more intelligent than me so if you guys have any better idea as to what might be going on here please leave your comments your conspiracy theories your solutions to what op could do down below and uh, hopefully we can all find a, a common solution to what might be going on here because it's very perplexing for, for sure mum books the ice rink for the wrong day and expects us to share for some background i am an adult figure skater and i practice in a big group of other adults there are skaters going from beginners up to former elite skaters during corona the public rink we usually skate in has been closed and occasionally we've rented a private rink for an hour to skate it's a lot more expensive than our ordinary practice but you do what you must also it's incredibly hard to get these time slots since the demand is so high 
Skating is a corona safe sport. No worries. Only eight of us go on the ice and we all change outside. It's all correct by our laws. A few months ago, we'd rented the ice and arrived at our time. Since we are responsible and change outside, we couldn't see what was happening inside. Once me and one of the other skaters were ready to go onto the ice, we headed inside. But by the rink side, we found about 10 parents and something like 15 to 20 children aged three to six years. One of the mums, the entitled mum of this story, approached me with a worried expression. Are you the ones that rented the ice? Yes. I. Uh, y- you see, we were just informed that we booked the wrong day. Um, apparently we booked next week this time, but we're here today. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. What a bummer. The mum then looks at me and the other skater. Is it just the two of you? The others are still tying their skates on outside and only the two of us had come inside at this point. No, unfortunately, it's a whole group of us. Oh, can't we split the ice half and half? Uh, no, we're not here to joy skates. We're practicing seriously. For several reasons. The first and foremost, it's incredibly dangerous. If I run into a child, I'm gonna hurt it badly and I risk hurting myself too. But I mean, it's your kid. Do you want its face sliced up? Now, I would never ever let my non-existing kids on the ice during a serious practice. Secondly, we rent the rink to be able to practice freely. Half the rink only makes it impossible to practice your program. And thirdly, children usually drag a lot of mud onto the ice, either on their overalls or the parents on their shoes when they walk onto the ice to help them when they fall. Dirt and mud is a big no-no for skaters. It'll wear them out quickly and we'll have to pay for resharpening. Okay, so at this point, I kind of felt sorry for them. We all screw up sometimes and it sucks. It can't be fun to reschedule an entire event like this. And I get that. It's what happens next that makes this story entitled. The mum goes to the other parents and I hear her saying silently, I guess you could come next week if that fits you. Then she goes to the children, points at us and says loudly, these people don't want you to skate. They want it all for themselves with a super accusing tone like we personally were responsible for her mistake. I ignore her and step onto the ice together with the other skater. This commotion already cost us a few minutes of our short time. I see one more from our group enter the rink and the entitled mum speaks to her too. I can't hear it though. This woman later confirmed to me that the entitled mum tried the same trick on her, guilting her into letting them share the ice and then even asked if the children, who were now all out of their skates, could at least walk out onto the ice to touch it. Since they were all wearing shoes and the mud rule still applies, my friend declines. Also, when the ice is newly resurfaced, it's crazy slippery and very hard to walk on. There's a big risk of falling over and hurting yourself. The rest of our group arrives and we start warming up. Half a minute later, the entitled mum opens the gate and lets two of the children run straight onto the ice. I wave at her to get them back off the ice and she waits purposely before she tells them to come back. Only they don't listen. She lets them slide around however much they want. Eventually, she has to walk out on her muddy shoes to pick them up and go back. Not a sorry, not anything. And that's that. Not the worst entitlement overall, but it still boils my blood. Especially how this entitled mum tried to blame us in front of the kids. Kids are usually very fond of looking at us skating, actually, since it looks cool. And when we skate publicly, we often show off whatever they want to see or teach them something. 
I hate to be accused of being the bad guy. Yeah, I completely agree with OP. Obviously, people can make mistakes, but you know, just admit that you've made your mistake. Yeah, it's annoying because you brought your kids down, loads of other parents. I'm not really sure, to be honest, how that is going on during COVID times. That's something to think about, given that, you know, OP has said that they only had eight people on the ice. But hey, forget about that. That might be a problem on its own. But yeah, once you realize that you've made a mistake and OP and her skaters have only got an hour on the ice, get out of there. It's annoying, but I'm sorry, you haven't booked it. It's next week. You can always come back next week. Just get out of there. Go to something else. Don't disrupt these guys' training. And don't try and, you know, half do it. Say, yeah, give us half the ice and you can just have half. If they've booked the entire rink, they're going to need the entire rink. I mean, come on. That's only fair. And now moving on to our second story of today's episode. He was white like everyone else. The other day, I was driving around town getting errands done. One of those was to get a new controller for my PC. I've got a friend who works at the GameStop in town, so I swung by. As I'm entering, I notice a woman with her child standing front and center at the counter with my friend at the register. I start to tune into the conversation. After all of this happened, my friend filled me in on the details. So I'll start right before I entered. The woman said, I'd like to get my money back for this game. My husband bought it from here last week, but it isn't the actual game my son wanted. Now, my friend who was working behind the register said, sure thing. The game was still in plastic wrap unopened and he started the process. Do you have the receipt for this purchase? No, why would I need that? It's 2021. Everything should be digital now. You should have a record of it. Uh, Yeah, that isn't something I have. Do you have a reward card with us? It would show the purchase. Karen takes out her reward card. My friend checks it and only sees the initial activation of the card on her account. This is also about the time I entered the store. I'm sorry, this doesn't have a purchase for this game. Well, it was taken out of my credit card. She then takes out her phone and shows my friend her full purchase history of her credit card. See, I made a purchase on my card. My friend visibly uncomfortably glances at the phone and sees an unitemized purchase at that store for a lot more than the purchase of a single game. I'm sorry, this doesn't show this game's purchase, just that this card was used to make a large purchase here. And I don't think I could use this as proof anyway. What I can do is put the amount on a rewards card for store credits. Now, this is when the Karen starts to raise her voice. What do you mean? So because I spent more money here, I'm getting screwed? I want my money back. This is ridiculous. I want to speak to your manager. My friend informs her that there is no manager in the store, that they are the only current employee on site. She doesn't take that news very well, obviously. Then who do you call? You must have someone to call if this place blows up. My friend then begins to call local stores for their manager or see if one of the district managers happens to be there. Unfortunately, none pick up. I'm sorry, mom. I can't get a hold of another store's manager and our district manager is quarantined due to COVID. Why can't you call them then? If they're quarantined, all they should be doing is answering the phone. All I want is my money back. Okay, look, if I knew who you bought the game from, maybe I could verify it. Do you recall the employee's name? I don't. He was white like everyone else that lives in the States. Some guy, I don't know. Why would I need a physical receipt? It's 2021. Nothing should be physical. Look it up on your computer. I'm sorry, but I can't do that. The most I can do for you is give you the store credits. 
I had by now decided that I would stay in the store to keep an eye on things and ensure she didn't accuse my friend of anything, as well as keep an eye on the child who was not being attended to and was just wandering the store. Mind you, her son was just hanging out, seemingly unbothered by the fits his mother was causing. However, I tuned out the conversation as an advertisement for a game came on the store TV that made it very hard not to laugh at the parallel. The advertisement went, when someone thinks they're in the right, that's when the real cruelty in people starts to come out. So what do you say? Are you really right? When I tuned back in, Karen was accepting the store credits in a tone as if she'd won the argument. She then went on a rant about this all being her husband's fault and that the store should be more open about options to return products. She took the digital currency and left with her son, who'd not said a word the entire time. My friend then turned and gave me an exasperated sigh. I was so done. I didn't even bother to ask if her or her husband had signed up for digital receipts. I mean, it's 2021 after all, right? Oh my God, guys, I'll be completely honest. If I was the employee in that situation, and look, I've said this multiple times now, I don't think that my sort of personality would do very well in retail dealing with customers like this. But honestly, you put me in that situation. Generally, I should do that for a video. Go and work a day in retail and see what sort of customers, you know, come about because I don't think I'd do very well there at all. Pretty much what I'm saying is I think I'd lose my temper and lose my head and just say, you know what, I can't be bothered with this and just leave and tell the Karen to just get out of the store because like, how can you deal with someone like this? It's 2021 after all, you know? So uh, as the Karen says, we're in modern times now. You should realize that of course you're going to need some form of proof of a purchase. Receipts are still a thing. I mean, come on, what do you expect this person to do? Say, oh yeah, I remember your face from that time two weeks ago when your husband bought this. It doesn't make any sense. How are they going to know that? It's just a, it's just a mess, realistically. And I feel bad for the employee and I honestly feel bad for the kid because you know what is mad about the kid, yeah? Their lack of reaction is very telling because it just shows to me that um their mum does this sort of thing on the regular take me for example if i'm with my mum and um she's a pretty normal lady and she goes up and starts you know shouting at a, a store employee i'm taking note of that i'm going to myself what is going on here i'm not just wandering around the store willy-nilly just you know looking at the games i'll be getting involved even if i was like five i'd be like what is going on my mum's doing something that is out of the ordinary and the whole point is the kid doesn't care and is so oblivious to the fact that his mum's just ranting and just like you know what it's completely normal for me let's move on i feel bad for the kid the employee and ultimately every woman called karen because they're being tarnished by people like this my dad refused to buy food and starved our pet gecko this childhood memory still keeps me up at night which is why i'm currently up at 4 a.m writing this when i was around 13 years old my dad bought my brother a leopard gecko for his 14th birthday he wanted him to take care of the gecko to teach him a lesson in responsibility Therefore, the duty of cleaning up after him and feeding the animal was left to my brother. At first, my dad bought some cups of mealworms for our gecko. But after a few months, he began to say that was my brother's responsibility. My brother worked at a fast food restaurant one day a week for a few hours. So he did have some income, but not much. He said that he didn't make enough money to buy the gecko food every week. Our dad also wouldn't drive him. So he had to take a bus to get to the pet store which I guess further complicated things for him. Our gecko lived in the basement in my brother's room and would go weeks at a time without his mealworms. In my desperate attempt to help the animal, I would go outside myself and try to catch bugs for him. I tried to find worms in the dirt, but the dirt in our yard was hard and I was never able to find any. We had a box elder tree that always had a good supply of box elder bugs, so I'd give him those. He ate them at first, but after a while he didn't show them any interest. 
I would have tried to buy worms for the poor guy But I didn't have any income because I was too young to get a job Remember guys the OP is 13 at this time and their brother is just 14 Sometimes I would scrounge up some change But I usually had to use this to buy reduced fare lunch at school My dad at this time also stopped stocking the house with food So my brother and I in addition to the lizard were starving We went through all the canned food and dry staples that we had And once we got through that, we would beg our dad to get groceries. My dad would get really angry and scream at us that there was plenty of food in the house. We just needed to stop being lazy and cook it. One night, he brought home a bag of maize flour to make a point of encouraging us to cook. I made some corn tortillas out of it a few times, but they weren't the best because I had nothing to eat with them. I wouldn't eat anything typically on the weekends when I didn't have school. And then during the week, I could purchase a meal of two tacos and a cup of rice for about $1.20. That was my one meal a day. Anyway, I felt like my dad was turning a blind eye to the fact that we had a starving lizard in our basement. So I decided to move the enclosure to our kitchen. That way, he'd have to see the lizard every day. I thought if he could see the lizard every day, he would feel bad and start buying him food. Well, this did not happen. Eventually, the gecko took a turn for the worst. He stopped eating the box elder bugs and started sleeping in his water bowl. At the very last minute, when it seemed clear that this animal was going to die, my dad went to the pet store and grabbed some things for him. He fed the gecko some white paste stuff that was supposed to help him, but of course, the gecko was way too far gone at this point. He died. Once he died, my dad said he was disappointed in my brother for not taking care of him. I'm still traumatized by what happened. I feel an immense amount of guilt for not being able to do more. I wish I'd tried to advertise the gecko online and sell him to someone who would take care of him. I wish I'd tried harder to find bugs for him to eat. I wish I'd tried to take him back to the pet store and ask them to take care of him. I wish I'd thought of calling the Humane Society and surrendering the gecko. I worry that the box elder bugs I gave the gecko may have hurt him because I read that outside bugs can have mites and parasites. I also worry that moving the gecko from the basement to the kitchen may have put him in an environment that was too cold for him since the basement stayed warmer. I looked up all the essentials when it comes to taking care of a gecko and I feel awful about the enclosure my dad had for him. He only had a small heating pad on the side of the tank to keep him warm and I'm sure that didn't keep the temperature high enough for him. I always feel sad now when I see geckos. Rest in peace, Steve. I'm so sorry for the life my family took from you. You deserved so much better. Honestly, guys, stories like this are just so sad to read because I don't know how old Opie is. They don't mention it in the story, but to feel this way still, to feel this guilty so many years later, probably, when really none of this was your fault at all. I can say that as somebody objective looking at this from afar. This is all the fault of your dad. Like, you feeling guilt is such a shame because you tried your very best. Like, you know, you did everything that you could think of at the time. You even went outside to find bugs yourself dig for bugs for your gecko now that's an insane level of commitment someone that your dad clearly didn't show and the fact that you feel guilty about it is just sad because really you shouldn't none of this is your fault at all i mean the terrible thing about this is that it's not just the animal that was getting rejected it was you and your brother as well you tried your best as your brother did as well to look after the animal but ultimately when a dad isn't even buying their own kids food Yeah, they're probably not in the best position to look after an animal either. That is mental. I hope that, you know, some sort of repercussions came against your dad, or at least they can do subsequently, because not looking after your kids and their pet, like, 
That is crazy. What I would say though, is instead of being cruel and hardened like your dad, it's good that it sounds like you're an empathetic and loving person, OP, and you have none of your horrible father's qualities. That's at least one positive to come from this, if there are any at all. My God, your dad though. What a terrible, terrible bloke. Now moving on to our next entitled parents post. Karen begs me to look after her cats and then claims to have moved on when the cats need medical attention. Last year, Karen, a 70-year-old woman, approaches me on Facebook and asks if I would take her cats and look after them. She was going to live in a camper van with her husband after she became very wealthy with Bitcoin and didn't want to stress the cats out by taking them traveling around Europe. She'd rescued them like a week before they decided to go on the road and they'd been in a cattery for the last five months being looked after by someone else. When she delivered the cats to our farm, she made a huge fuss. Despite sending her photos beforehand, she absolutely refused to put the cats in the enclosure we had prepared for them to stay in for the first few weeks. Nothing else was good enough either. Our dogs were too big, the house was too small, there were no street lights, we live in the country, etc. I grey rocked her the whole time, successfully put the cats in their new home and calmed her down. She had an entire car boot full of brand new cat accessories, like little harnesses and weird outfits. Farm cats don't wear tutus, and she cheered up a bit when we made the right noises, despite the ridiculousness. Then her husband turned up in the camper van that looked like the tour bus of a major rock band. It was huge and fancy. At this moment, she suddenly turned up the volume and started wailing and crying for her poor kitty babies, and her husband was pandering to her the whole time, wiping away the tears with his hands and supporting her as she half collapsed on the driveway. Eventually, they leave. And the next morning, they're posting pictures of themselves sipping champagne at the beach. Over the next few months, we regularly send updates to Karen with cute pictures of the cats, and she always replies about how grateful she is that we're looking after them. But she never writes to us to ask us how they're doing, even when our area is hit by a natural disaster. At some point, she plans to visit them, but it rained. So despite coming all the way to our remote town, she just kept driving. Whenever we posted pictures of the cats on Facebook, she would always comment about her cats. Last month, I wrote to her and said that the cats were doing well, but that they were suffering the cold a bit and spending all day on the couch by the fire. She replied with instructions that I should be keeping them warmer and make sure that I'm looking after them. I gave a non-committal response. Yesterday, I wrote to Karen to tell her that one of the cats was critically ill after being sideswiped by a tractor. I'd been up all night keeping her alive, and now she was at the vets awaiting life-saving surgery. Next thing, my phone's blowing up. It's Karen's husband screaming down the line, asking me, what exactly are you getting out of upsetting Karen all the time with your messages? I tried to answer, but obviously he hadn't called to listen. He proceeded to tell me that I was a sadist, a bully, and an abuser, and that Karen had given us the cats. So why am I upsetting her with these messages when she's moved on? I apologize for any offense given and try to explain that I only thought she would want to know since they were her cats originally and she loves them so much. His answer to that was to demand I delete Karen's number from my phone and never contact her again because she wasn't interested and not to give any more updates on the cats. I said, okay, sorry, I'll no longer contact you about the cats. And then he hung up. Three hours later, I get a message from Karen 
all about how terrible this is for her she can't cope with the thought of the cat being ill and it's not her husband's fault for shouting he's just trying to protect her from this unbearable pain i told her i thought it was really unkind of her husband to shout at me since i'm in the middle of a pet crisis and i was only trying to do the right thing by keeping her informed she called me a selfish prick hung up and blocked me straight away Unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to tell her that since the cats are still legally registered in her name She is liable for their expenses and that the vet scanned the chip as soon as we arrived We often bring in stray animals So he knows that not every animal we bring in belongs to us and it was her name that came up I guess we'll cross that bridge later in the meantime The cat is doing well and we hope that she lives because she's part of our family and we certainly haven't moved on now look guys some of you may know better than me what's probably going on here does op run some sort of animal farm that looks after just pets in general probably i don't really know i assume that's what's going on but anyway the fact that it seems like you've taken in karen's two cats for free op are looking after them completely for free while she's off gallivanting with her husband doing whatever knows probably something very naughty uh, i imagine is one thing right that's nice enough uh, it's actually kind of insane that you're doing that but fair place for the good of the animals i rate it highly but then when she says no you know what i no longer care about them just keep them and also oh it's such a pain that you know one of them got hit by a tractor don't care about the medical bills though you can deal with that like their food and you know their housing everything yeah you deal with all of that it's embarrassing i don't get it you know what's good though the fact that she is going to be hit by this bill i imagine for life-saving surgery for a cat it's going to be quite an extensive one as well so uh yeah look forward to that but then again if she has made a lot of money through bitcoin she probably won't care an interesting story and again this is why entitled people and entitled parents should not be allowed pets in the first place they're a disgrace friends cut my hair against my will so this one time during lockdown i decided to grow my red beard and grow my hair out because i wanted to see what it was like you know now because i only live with my wife and my kids i decided it was a challenge for myself to do it my wife was fine with it just with the occasional ginger joke thrown at me anywho a friend of mine let's call him billy invited me to stay at his house with two other people jane and russell now i'm not really that close with them they're just friends with my wife and we've hung out sometimes so i get to the house and they immediately start to belittle me because of my new look saying i look like a hippie and a homeless guy and they tell me i should cut it i say no and the rest of the day was nothing but ginger jokes and insults i was gonna leave in the morning so i decided to get some rest on the couch i took my sleeping pills and passed out when i woke up i saw a bunch of red locks of hair on me and when i went to the bathroom i saw my hair was cut insanely short it was almost a buzz cut and my beard was also shaven off to a handlebar mustache I confronted them and they didn't deny it saying how much nicer i looked and that the stash suits me they then got sappy saying that they were going to donate my hair to cancer charity and my red curls were going to make someone really happy i left and never came back my wife has also stopped hanging out with them as well you know what this story just makes me sad honestly it's just like it's just why why do that to somebody you don't even know them it's a friend of a friend and you're first of all bullying them by saying that their hair and beard looks terrible why said it in the first place that's a disgusting thing to say even if you think it don't say it come on then secondly actually shaving off someone's hair is that not assault or something i don't know the laws but guys comment down below surely you can't just go and randomly shave someone's hair and beard off can you that must be some form of assault it's just ridiculous and i'm happy op that your wife has stopped hanging out with them realizing they are terrible people at least that's some sort of positive but yeah i'm sorry this happened 
against your will having your hair cut and shaved terrible now moving on to our next entitled people post my brother wanted to propose to his girlfriend at my upcoming wedding i said no and all of this happened i am a 27 year old male and i'll start this off by saying that my wedding is scheduled for april because my fiance who is 25 has always dreamed of a spring wedding and i really like the idea too I've got an older brother though who is 30 and last saturday i was called over to my parents house to talk about something for whatever reason they refused to tell me what it was until i got there then they sat me down with my brother and told me that my brother wants to use my wedding as the perfect day for him to propose to his girlfriend i was instantly mad and told them absolutely not but they ganged up on me i ended up so enraged to the point that i one man somehow backed all three of them into a corner i told them that if they want to do this then not only will they all be uninvited but i'll also cut off all the financial support i've been giving monthly since they paid to have my golden child brother go through college by taking out a second mortgage i landed a decently high paying job and i've been sending 500 to my parents monthly to help ease their mortgage And I didn't even ask for a stake in the ownership of the house either because I really don't want it It was entirely goodwill and I can cut it off anytime. I left without speaking any more to them But my brother came to my home the next day to yell at me that I ruined his big chance Because now our parents are siding with me and say they'll evict him if he tries to propose at my wedding He said I was financially blackmailing our parents and that he just wanted a good chance to propose because he was afraid his girlfriend might leave him soon. I said that was his problem, not mine, because my wedding day is not about him. And if he tries to propose at my wedding, I will have him thrown out. That's not a maybe, but a definite. And I doubt his girlfriend would appreciate her proposal, followed up with being tossed out by a bouncer. He yelled a few choice words at me, then went crying to our only surviving grandparents our maternal grandmother and she called to try and ream me over the phone no surprise my brother heavily embellished the version of the story he told her but she still sided with him even after i gave her the real story she tried to hold her ground but the verbal backlash i ended up giving her left her crying that got back to my parents who were angry at me for taking things so far But I told them I only went that far because I had to when they were all trying to get me to let my brother use my wedding as his springboard for a proposal. They ended up agreeing with me, but they still stated they feel like I'm crass. And my brother showed up at my home again to scream at me that I'm a butthole and I hope I'm happy with myself for not allowing him the opportunity. My fiance knows what my brother tried to do and she's very angry about it. She's almost ready to have him uninvited if he pursues this any further Normally, I have a very mild temper But when it comes to certain people like my brother parents and grandmother I can easily get short with them because of all the past favoritism My grandmother especially She always sided with my brother and believed his lies no matter what he did She's the biggest reason my parents favored my brother too She kept trying to convince me over the phone to let my brother propose at my wedding that I ended up losing it on her I ended up speaking with my brother again and threatened to tell his girlfriend if he was still intending to propose at my wedding without permission He took that poorly and called me an awful person So I pointed out that my wedding isn't about him Our parents were there for this and they backed me up I think my brother did a double take when they did that My dad pointed out that he'd raised my brother wrong and that was on him 
So from now on my brother was to show them real respect And they wanted to get an official lease drawn up for him to pay proper rent and utilities He was only paying them $300 a month without contributing to any utilities or food And if he doesn't want to pay he can move out and they'll rent his room to someone else My brother turned to our mum for help but she just agreed with dad. He looked like he was having a conniption and then left the house. He came back a couple of hours later, but spoke to no one and locked himself in his room. Two days later, my brother announced he was moving in with grandma because she invited him. And our parents basically told him that if he wants to live with her, then go ahead. My brother responded to this by saying we all hate him for just wanting to propose to his girlfriend. My parents pointed out that it's not that he wanted to propose, but where he wanted to do it. And he'd get no support for it. He's refusing to talk to our parents now. My grandmother did try and call me again, but it ended up with me telling her that my brother will not be allowed to propose at my wedding, plain and simple. So he can get over it or not come. And the same goes for her. I ended up calling her out on her favoritism towards my brother since we were kids Which she tried to deny at first but couldn't keep doing so because of how much i'd pointed out She ended up crying again while I told her that if she keeps trying to insist on this Then she won't be coming to my wedding She begged me not to rescind her invites but still said she doesn't understand why I couldn't let my brother have his way Before ending the call my fiance is a hundred percent on my side and he's fully ready to remove my brother and grandmother from the wedding. My grandmother hasn't called again, and she's not talking to my parents either. My guess is my brother went crying to her again to tell her mummy and daddy weren't enabling him anymore, so she offered for him to move in with her. But there's literally nothing she can do to sway me, and I think my last conversation with her made her realize that. I didn't wish to tell my brother's girlfriend, but she called me up on a Saturday about my Reddit post. She'd seen it read in an online video and then realized it might be me with the way I described my brother and grandmother So yeah, now she knows She ended up tearing my brother a new butthole and he still tried to justify himself to her That's when she told him they were through and cut all contact with him My brother of course blamed me Even though his girlfriend said that she's been ready to leave him for a while now and if he tried to propose no matter where she'd have told him no so that's it my brother showed up at my place one more time to have a fit and said that he's boycotting my wedding he actually thought he had leverage that he and grandma won't go but i said i wouldn't miss him and that he's in his 30s now and needs to grow up our parents have cut the umbilical cord and are no longer supporting him And they're already repainting his room to rent to somebody else and they plan on renting out my old bedroom as well Because they need the money after the financial hole He left them in after dropping out of college just to mooch off them for a while and then get a degree with online college later And then barely pay any rent while also making them pay for his food and utilities Despite having a good paying job They spent the world on him and he wasn't the least bit grateful that made my brother just shut down and leave And since then we've not heard a peep out of him That's everything that's happened from my original post up till now I mean guys this story as i'm sure you will agree just is beyond belief Uh, You can choose anywhere in the world and any moment any time 
to propose to your girlfriend but no you think the best idea is to do it at your brother's wedding uh i'm not even gonna comment really on how ridiculous that is because it's just so obvious and just so dumb you know what's even funnier and just kind of shows how dumb your brother is op the fact that he wasn't even sure whether he was gonna stay with his current girlfriend or not and then he was like oh don't worry if i get engaged to her then yeah we'll be fine it's like you're probably not in the best place to get engaged to someone when you're not sure you want to be with them in the first place and then they subsequently say and it's probably quite obvious at the time no i don't actually want to be with you full stop let alone get engaged are you ridiculous and definitely not at your brother's wedding i'll be honest i'm slightly confused as to how your parents opinions change very quickly from siding with your brother to suddenly siding with you and then realizing that they've brought up your brother wrong and all that rubbish bit weird uh your grandma also very weird at least she stayed with her opinion though i'll back her for that overall a very very strange story why would you ever want to propose at your brother's wedding i don't know and now moving on to our third story my entitled nephews stole from me one time too many this time i got them arrested and now my sister and brother-in-law have to deal with the fallout and i really don't care anymore in a prior post in a different subreddit i asked if i was the bad guy for wanting to call police on my nephews for stealing from me and the overwhelming support i got made me realize that standing my ground was the best thing for me to do about midway last week when i came home from work i noticed my shed door was open and the padlock that i used to keep it shut was broken and i had a lot of bags full of soda cans in there I and my friends tend to drink a lot of soda, so I built up a lot of cans over the course of a year. And I was going to cash them in at the bottle drop soon because I like big payouts. It's 10 cents a can where I live after all. But there was more than just my bags of cans missing from the shed too. They took my gardening shears, a steel rake, two shovels, one of them being one of those folding camping ones, a full two-gallon gas can, a cheap power drill I got for like $5 used, an electric hedge trimmer, a small electric chainsaw that was also used, and a machete. They didn't touch a lawnmower, weed whacker, extension cords, or the old radio I had in there. No idea why they took what they did, but I guess they figured they could resell it or something. I checked my camera footage, and there were my three nephews ages 16 15 and 14 breaking into my shed with one of their dad's large claw hammers i recognize the hammer because it's bright yellow and black and their dad has a bunch of them it only took them a few hits to smash that cheap lock after they first broke into my shed they took what they could by hand and then they came back with some shopping carts that i'm guessing they also stole but it took them a few trips to get all of the cans and they didn't even bother to try and close the door when they were done. My sister and brother-in-law first denied their kids stole anything from me. So I went to their house and showed them the security footage from my cameras. I'd not told them I'd had cameras installed. And the reason I had them in the first place was because of prior thefts by my nephews. It started with food and snacks and then moved on to DVDs and video games. Then pretty much anything they thought they could smuggle out after that. And anytime I made them return stuff they'd stolen from me, I was treated like the bad guy and then got the fakest apologies I've ever heard. And they never got in much trouble from their parents either. The final straw happened last year when my nephews broke into my house and stole three six packs of my favorite blood orange beer from my fridge. They used my hidden spare key to get in and also took a huge dump in one of my bathrooms and not only didn't flush, but also peed all over the floor 
and I'm pretty sure it was intentional. Wow. The beer they stole was hidden in one of their bedrooms when I confronted my sister and brother-in-law about them stealing it. And I was basically given an equivalent to boys will be boys when I wanted them punished. So I had the cameras put in and told no one, which was a smart move. When my sister and brother-in-law saw the camera footage of my nephew stealing from me, they seemed furious. But they were actually madder that their boys skipped school to steal from me They spent all day making repeated trips to the bottle drop and cashing the cans by machine The bottle drop also pays by machine So they just kept bringing the cans in till they cashed them all and then they bought video games and junk food with the money Said money actually amounted to nearly two hundred dollars With that and the destroyed padlock, I told my sister and brother-in-law that they now owed me $200. My sister and brother-in-law went from being angry at their kids to making excuses for them and then being angry at me for wanting that money back when I know they have three kids and a mortgage. I said it was either that or I go to the police and press charges. They told me to get out and I said they have two days to decide how to pay me back before I go to the cops. I got back everything else my nephew stole machete and gas can included though they'd already used the gas for something but over the next couple of days my sister and brother-in-law were blowing up my phone with a ton of messages both verbal and text at first they were calling me heartless because it was right after the holidays and they have three kids and a mortgage then they started gaslighting me then even threatening me and all of this would go in a repeating cycle My nephews chimed in from another cell phone and were sending me lots of messages of their own Which were more fake apologies and gaslighting My eldest nephew even sent me a picture of himself holding a soda can and giving me the middle finger So I guess they weren't taking my threats of going to the police seriously because Family when I last spoke with my sister and my brother-in-law They refused to negotiate any sort of method of repayment for what my nephews did Even when I suggested they just sell the video games that were purchased with the money from the cans Then they had the audacity to say i'd actually tempted my nephews by having the cans in my shed to begin with Oh, yes I'm the devil snake that tempted my nephews with a shed full of cans that just screamed money 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 So that was it I went to the police station that morning and filed the reports. I gave them a copy of the video footage of my nephew stealing from my shed. I gave them the broken lock they smashed. I showed them all the texts, which were screenshotted and also given as evidence. Heck, I even gave them a copy of the photo my eldest nephew sent me of him flipping me off. I did tell police that I found it worrisome that my nephews had taken the machete. But they classified it as a tool especially since they took a lot of other actual tools so fair enough on that i suppose but my nephews were indeed arrested on saturday police came to their house and my sister and brother-in-law were forced to let them in because they had a warrant apparently all three of my nephews went from being cocky little idiots to crying like babies when they were being put in cuffs I know this because a neighbor i'm acquainted with that sort of friends of my sister was there to see it And shortly after the arrest my sister and brother-in-law were blowing up my phone again They weren't able to get their kids out of jail until monday morning And now the boys are being charged with larceny willful destruction of property vandalism and harassments the police took this whole case pretty seriously as there have been complaints about my nephews for some time But nothing was proven until now The past few months bags of cans have actually been going missing all over the area 
I don't know if it was all my nephews or not, but they're likely suspects. And with word spreading of their arrest, let's hope other neighbors with security cameras come forward with more footage. My sister and brother-in-law showed up at my house too. I refused to open the door and told them that this all happened because they are enablers who refuse to hold their kids accountable for their actions. That made them just scream and pound on my door more till I threatened to call the police on them too. And since I've done it already, they know I mean it now. So they left without any more trouble. But they then went back to blowing up my phone. I didn't block my sister or my brother-in-law. Instead, I decided to just save all of the messages they send me because I've made the decision to take them to small claims court over this. I don't really need or want the money and I've already replaced a destroyed padlock with a much better one. But the kids aren't the only ones who need to be taught a lesson. In the end, I hope I put them in enough of a hole that they learn not to screw with me ever again. I also have the full support of my family on this. My parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, etc. They are all supporting me in this because my nephews have stolen from them too. And after banning my nephews from my house, some of them did the same. I'm going to push for my nephews to get community service. And the reason why isn't just because it's a good idea, but also because I know that they'll hate that the most. Whenever they're made to do any kind of work they don't want to, they just stand around griping and act like the whole world is against them. So hardly anything ever gets done. Well, perhaps a few hundred hours of unpaid work will teach them some manners. They've been spoiled far too much. Well, yeah, OP, I agree with every little thing you said there, especially the fact that they've been spoiled too much. Look, clearly they're not nice people in the first place, but you have to put some blame on their parents, which is exactly what you've done. It's tough because they're family, but I'm sorry, they're not good parents. And I like the fact that you're like, you know what? Yeah, we've got the nephews arrested, but now we need some punishment on my sister and brother-in-law. I'm sorry. They're the ones that have raised them to be this bad. Look, it's all well and good giving these kids community service. And look, hopefully they're young enough that they're gonna understand and, and be educated and learn that stealing is not a good thing. And in fact, in most places around the world, it's quite illegal. However, for the parents, they're going to come back to them, aren't they? These kids, once they finish their time, they're going to come back to the house. If the parents haven't changed their ways of being a good parent and learning how to teach their kids not to steal and how to be good members of society, then what's the point? In reality, it's the parents that really need to learn. Although the kids need to as well, let's be honest. Entitled mother refuses to wear a mask, then lets her son poop in the middle of a grocery store gets arrested i'm posting this on behalf of my friend she's got many more stories like this so we'll call this store chain bravigo and my friend bella has been working there for the past four years this happened in early 2020 so the panda bear was in full swing with mask mandates etc she's working the self-checkout area right by the doors and notices a woman enter with her screaming child henceforth known as em and ec the entitled mum looks to be in her 40s and her kid is wearing a school name class of 2020 sweater so around 11 or 12 right off the bat the entitled mum is fuming Probably from her goblin child screaming blue murder about how he wants McDonald's and waltzes in without a mask. Bella notices and heads over to nicely ask her to put one on. Welcome to Bravigo. Do you need a mask? What? No, I just need a few things. She tries to shove her way past Bella and into the store. But Bella places herself between the entitled mum and the rest of the store. 
Quick trip, eh? Yeah, I get that. But as per Bravigo policy, all staff and customers over the age of 10 need to be wearing masks in the store. Well, I don't have one. Bella points to a stand with hand sanitizer and masks by the door. Well, right over there, we have some, in case people forget. You can get one for you and your son. Mom, I don't want to wear a mask, says the kid. Hush, sweetie, you don't have to. My son is eight. He doesn't need one. And besides, I don't need one either. Look, I just need to grab a few things. I'll be out in a few minutes anyway. The kid then says, hey, I'm not eight. The mom glares at her kid to shut up, but he keeps whining about how he doesn't want to wear a mask. Look, I understand, mom, but it's store policy. And if you won't wear a mask, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to shop elsewhere. The door signs clearly state you must wear a mask to shop with us. But I just need a few things. It's not like I'm going all over the store. I want to speak with your manager. Bella says into her walkie-talkie. Hey, manager, I've got a woman at the doors who wants to talk to you. I'll be right there. Is it about Mars again? Yep. Ah, uh, okay. Keep her at the doors, please. Can do. And Bella turns to speak to the entitled mum. Please, wait right here and my manager will be right over. You better not keep me waiting. I've got a family to feed. The manager soon shows up and takes over. Good afternoon. How can I help you today? This child, Bella was 20 years old, by the way, won't let me in. How am I supposed to feed my family if I can't even enter the store? Well, mom, you are welcome to do your shopping here if you put on a mask. The manager then notices the class of 2020 shirt on the kid. And your son needs one as well, seeing as he's over 10. He's eight. No, I'm not, mum. Stop saying that. Be quiet. Mummy's handling this. Don't yell at me. He's stomping his foot and screaming in her face. Don't you take that tone with me. Let me deal with these idiots. Then mummy will get you McDonald's after. The kid shuts up real quick. The entitled mum says to the manager, smirking, I can't wear a mask and neither can my son. We have asthma and won't be able to breathe. I'm very sorry to hear that, but I'm afraid the rule goes for everyone. No entry without a mask. The entitled mum then freaking explodes. I swear to God, we'll suffocate with masks on. Are you trying to kill my child? I'm going to sue if you don't let me in right now. Please don't raise your voice at me. I'm speaking to you like an adult and I expect the same in return. If you don't want to wear a mask, then you can shop somewhere else. I hear that Small Mart is allowing customers to shop without masks if you'd rather go there. I'll speak however I want. You're infringing my rights as a Canadian citizen to breathe freely. I don't want to go to Small Mart. I'm already here. Just let me do my freaking shopping. The entitled mum is panting like she just ran a marathon and her crotch fruit pulls her down to whisper something in her ear. The entitled mum smiles like the Grinch after stealing Christmas and nods at her gremlin. He takes off into the store at a run and they lose sight of him in the aisles. The manager sends Bella after the kid while he calls for Bravigo security. Bella is now searching up and down every single aisle in the store and finally finds the kid in the frozen food section all the way at the other end. He's got his pants around his ankles and is squatting in the middle of the aisle, dropping a massive pile of poop on the floor he sees bella and grins at her bella gets on the walkie and calls the manager over telling him what is going on at this point the entitled mum has reluctantly put on a mask and storms over with the manager just as her entitled kid drops the last nugget on his steaming pile 
He pulls his pants back up and trots over to his mum. There we go. We found him. Now I can shop in peace. Absolutely not, says the manager. You or your son need to clean that up immediately. Heck no. Get her to do it, pointing at Bella. It's her job. No, it's not. Either you clean that up right now or I'm calling the police. Fine. Go and get me some paper towels. Bella, can you go and grab the cleaning cart by the cash, please? Yeah, no problem. Bella gets the car and the entitled mum starts picking up the poop. I hope you understand, but once that's cleaned up, you'll need to leave. You and your son are banned for life. What? After this awful display from the both of you, you are not welcome to return. That's not fair. I've been a loyal customer here for years. You can't do this. She then flings the fistful of poop she's got at the manager's head. He managed to dodge it and it splattered on the freezer door behind him, running down the glass, smearing a stinky brown path towards the ground. The manager gets on the walkie and asks for someone to lock the doors and call the cops, while the entitled mum and her entitled kid make a beeline for the exit. Boy, was she fuming when she realized she was locked in. She's screaming at everyone. Her kid is complaining about the poop still stuck to his butt and everyone else is staying the F away from the crazy lady with poo on her hands, screaming about lawsuits and how she'll have all the employees fired. I'm truly sad I wasn't there to see this poop show unfold in person. But Bella managed to show me the CCTV footage a few days later. I want to see that footage. The cops show up not too long after in masks and gloves. The station was just down the street from the Bravigo and the manager uses a side exit to go out and explain the situation. Three cops enter and head over to where the entitled mom is still screaming like a banshee, sniveling hellspawn in tow. Mom, you're going to need to come with us. Like heck I am. He's the one you should be arresting, pointing a poopy finger at the manager. He made me clean up some random kid's poop. Mom, you need to calm down and come outside with us or we'll be forced to detain you. You can come peacefully or in handcuffs. It's your call. The entitled mum rushes the officers, probably to start hitting them or something. And a couple of cops grab her and pin her on the floor while another cuffs her, reciting her rights. Her kid is scream crying now, telling the cops to leave his mum alone and trying to pull them off her. One cop turns around and grabs the kid in a bear hug, lifting him off the ground as he's kicking and screaming to be let go and carries him out to the squad cars in front of the store. All while the entitled mum is screaming about child abuse and unlawful detainment and you'd better get your hands off my child right now or I'll sue you all to high heaven. The entitled kid is packed into the back of one car, the entitled mum in another, and one cop comes back to finish up with the manager and Bella taking their statements and getting a copy of the CCTV footage. The entitled mum was charged with disturbing the peace, aggravated assault for the poo flinging, resisting arrest, and trespassing. She never came back to that store and was banned from all Brovigo locations for life, along with her son. The manager ended up cleaning up the poo, not wanting to make his employees do it. I mean, wow, guys, where to even begin with this story? That is some of the most disgusting stuff I've ever read. I feel so bad for all the employees involved. Bella, the manager, even the cops. I mean, having to carry that kid out to a car and put him in your cop car when he's just pooed in the middle of a grocery store. That is vile. That's for the mum saying, no, it's your job to clean up my own son's poop. What? What a disgusting human for more reasons than one. I mean, then chucking the bar is just, it's just crazy. 
It really is. Uh, wow. What a start to my week. You know what I want to know, though? When this kid was whispering into his mum's ear before he ran off and pooed on the floor, do you think he was saying, Mum, I'm going to sprint off and go and poo on the floor? And she was like, yes, yeah, son, great idea. Go and do it. Like, was that the conversation happening there? I don't know. These two are unbelievable. Let's move on. Tattoos? Why would you do that to yourself? I was at work today and was doing my normal thing. I work at a dessert place where most of my co-workers and myself are college students and hourly isn't as good. So I try to be as polite as I can to earn tips for my co-workers and me. A lady comes in with her child and I do my usual thing. Hey, how are you? The child excitedly orders some ice cream. Their entitled mum looks at me up and down and pulls her child away from the point of sale. Please don't talk to my child. She then looks at her child. These are people you should avoid. Don't be like him. Then back to me. God, why would you do that to yourself? You look dirty. I have a forearm sleeve on both arms. A Japanese dragon to remember my dad who passed four years ago when I was 14. And Japanese clouds on my other arm as a reminder for my mental health to be free and open-minded. I carefully explained to her that these tattoos are to tell a story and they don't make me a bad person. I said this also to mainly reassure the child I wasn't a bad person. Uh, I didn't come for your life story. I came for ice cream. Now, can I order? Then I don't understand why your input was needed in the first place. It's part of my culture. And if you can't respect something you don't understand, then I suggest you go somewhere else because I won't serve you. The entitled mum then begins to throw racial slurs until a family behind her starts arguing with her and defending me. I wasn't exactly too sure what was being said, so I just got my manager to help sort the situation out. The kid actually started crying because his mum was being yelled at by a whole family. Then another customer got involved and said, holy heck, can you shut your kid up? The manager and I both realized the kid doesn't need to go through all of that. From here, my manager kicks the lady out and that was the end of it. The family that stayed behind did tip me $20, which was pretty nice. Moral of the story, there's much more to someone's story than can be told rather than from just their physical appearance. Listen, you guys know that I have a tattoo. And if you didn't know that, then check out this video on screen. Because pretty much, for a video, I got a tattoo. Um, And there's nothing wrong with tattoos. That's all I'll say. Look, I'm not the biggest fan of them, I'll be honest. But they're not dirty. And especially in this situation, where they mean so much to OP, they're pretty cool and they're pretty memorable. Like, they're there for a reason. It's not just dirt. I don't really get that, you know, point of view. Look, even me, and I'm not a massive fan of tattoos, can say that I understand the reason for getting them. Especially in this situation like come on keep yourself to yourself even if you don't like them don't say this sort of stuff it's not your business just sit down and shut up entitled parents won't attend granddaughter's zoom birthday my daughter is turning two next week so a few days ago i sent out an invitation to her zoom birthday celebration due to the pandemic and everyone living in different cities it will be over video chats this was the case for her first birthday as well and it went great we opened presents ate cake and sang happy birthday it lasted an hour i was so happy to have mine and my husband's family celebrating our daughter a day after sending the invitation my father responds zoom won't work for us i'd love to facetime with you though monday would be best it will be on google video chat just like last year 
Unfortunately, we can't do Monday. It has to be Sunday. Can't, but would be happy to FaceTime. At this point, I needed clarification. So I decided to ask an open question to see if they'd offer up the real issue. Why FaceTime? Well, it's not about FaceTime or Zoom. It's that we don't know your husband's family that well. And it's a little awkward being in a video chat with them. We'd rather celebrate just us and you. Oh, I would love some community perspective on this. Yeah, this guy's just being weird. Sorry. Like it's not about you and your relationship with someone else. It's about your granddaughter And if you're too kind of stuck up to to get past that fact Then ultimately you don't deserve to be on the zoom call in the first place It's just weird like obviously your daughter wants you there your granddaughter of course wants you there It's her second birthday It's just a bit weird not to go on the call because you don't know someone else that might be on the call You don't even need to talk to them. It's about your granddaughter. It's not about you guys comment down below on that one Do you agree with me? It just seems a bit weird like oh no, we actually are available but on facetime not on zoom what a weird lie mum wants me to go to school after i vomit all over the toilet i woke up today to my stomach feeling like trash so i went to the bathroom sat on the toilet and spent a whole hour on it but my mum doesn't care all she said is you're not sick you need to go to school i'm back on the toilet as i type this because i am sick as anything And she keeps telling me that I have to go. I keep trying to tell her that I'm sick and I can't go, but she thinks I'm talking back to her. I'm not trying to be rude to her, but she's being rude to me. How am I supposed to deal with this? Help. Now this one takes me back to the glory days of being a school student. I mean, come on. This happens, doesn't it? You know, once in a while, I'll be honest, I did fake being ill to get out of school. I'm not proud to say that, but it's happened in the past. Well, maybe not fake, but you know when you're not feeling 100%, you know you could go in, but you're just like, ah, I'm ill, I'm too ill, let me just lie in bed and chill for a day. Like, you know, we've all done it. But in this situation, when you're literally vomiting for an hour on the toilet, yeah, at that point, surely your mum goes, oh, you know what? Yeah, you probably actually are sick. How about don't go to school and don't infect loads of other kids? But no, this mum's like, yeah, you must be lying. Clearly not. Like, what do you want this kid to do? Puke on his own mum? Is that really the level that he's got to go to to be able to stay at home when he's this sick? Ugh, it's very strange. Entitled grandpa thinks we should take his five grandchildren to Disneyland. My older sister Pam and her second husband Jerry, not real names, have custody of Jerry's five grandchildren. Jerry's son and daughter-in-law are currently serving prison terms for a white-collar crime. The children range in age from 15 down to 5. Pam has and had two daughters from her first marriage. I was very involved in my niece's lives while growing up. My husband and I don't have any children, and we often took the girls together and separately on trips, amusement parks, camping, age-appropriate concerts, and other things. The girls were close in age and had similar interests, so it made things easy to take them places together. Unfortunately, the younger of my nieces died in an automobile accident when she was 18. The older niece now lives over a thousand miles away, so we don't see her or her only child very often. At a recent family gathering, one of Jerry's youngest grandchildren came up and asked me when I was going to take her and her siblings to Disney World. I told her she must have me mistaken for another person because I wasn't going to Disney World, so I wouldn't be taking her and her siblings there. She ran off to Pam and started crying. Later, Pam and Jerry asked to speak with my husband and I privately. They wanted to know why we don't take Jerry's grandchildren on trips like we used to take my nieces. It turns out they had told the children that we would take them all to Disney World sometime. Needless to say, my husband and I were shocked. 
We never took my nieces to Disney World. Most of our trips with them were in our home state or the neighboring states. Plus, we were younger and there were only two of them so we could keep up with them rather easily. Not to mention the cost of taking two children is much less than taking five. My husband and I have been cutting back on expenses and expenditures because we don't know what will happen with the economy and we don't want to jeopardize our own retirement plans. Also, we're basically strangers to Jerry's grandchildren. We didn't meet any of them until Pam and Jerry took custody of them last year. And this family gathering was the first time we've met all five of them. Jerry said that they expected us to take the grandchildren on trips like we'd taken Pam's daughters when they were children because we had no grandchildren, just like we didn't have children. He said we should be happy to have this opportunity to play like we have grandchildren. When we said we'd pass on this opportunity because of the reasons mentioned above, and that these are Jerry's grandchildren, and in no way are related to either my husband or myself, Jerry blew up and called us selfish, and said they'd expected us to help out when they took custody of the children, storming off. You know what? Wow. Just because you've taken other family members on holiday years in the past to places that are not very expensive, you must now take my five grandchildren to Disneyland for fr- like it is mental. It really, really is. The logic, I've got to say, it shocks me to my very core. It really is the classic, isn't it? You have no children. Therefore, you've got loads of spare money. And we expect you to spend some of that on our children and our grandchildren because we have to spend so much on them normally. Come on pitch in how about this these people chose not to have kids because they wanted to keep their money for themselves it really is an unbelievable thought process isn't it but some people just don't get it mental entitled mum insists her son wasn't drowning i was a lifeguard for six years at a municipal pool in my hometown we had clear-cut rules like a required swim test to go to the deep end swim the width of the pool without touching the ground and tread water for one minute and no life jackets in the deep end this was upheld for everyone Swim team stars and visitors alike had to pass the test and pass again if there was doubts. It was a small town, so the lifeguards knew who was who and it was a simple system. Over the 4th of July weekend, my last year there, we had a family come into town and they had this four or five, maybe even six-year-old boy who insisted he could swim fine enough to go in the deep end. I told him he had to pass the test first. The mum came over and told me that they were from a city and they let him swim in the deep end there and he could swim fine. I told her I didn't care. Rules were rules and he had to pass the test. She huffed and went and sat in the observation area. Her son failed the test more than once with more than one lifeguard. But the kid still ran and went to the deep end. He swam out to the middle, of course, where none of the tools we use to drag people to the side can reach with just his face above water. Then he starts moving his arms to push himself under and back up since he wasn't able to touch the ground and starts paddling frantically but not moving anywhere. Where I was strained, this is active drowning. I was on the floor, so I jumped in and swam him to the side, him kicking me and yelling to his mum. I put him on the wall and said he had to stay in the shallow end. I got out and his mum was in my face yelling. Why would you do that? He was fine. That's just how he swims. I simply told her that was active drowning and the other floor lifeguard backed me up. She took all her kids and left, not without getting the number of my boss, who just told her, sorry, my lifeguard saved your kid. I will never forget that. I kept my training for nine years and that was the first and only time I had to jump in after someone. 
We usually could mediate another way, but mostly all the kids that came were very good swimmers because they were there daily. And the only thing the parent had to say was, why would you do that? All right, guys, how about this? I've got a suggestion. Uh, chuck the kid back in and just let them drown. And look, you might think I'm being sarcastic or joking. I'm not. People need to learn their lesson. And sometimes the only way of doing that is for kids to be murdered. Now, look, you may think that's a bit too far, but you're just wrong. I'm sorry, but you just are. By the way, guarantee this woman would have sued if anything actually serious happened to her kid. She just seems like a terrible, terrible person. But uh, yeah, you know, I do often wonder why some people even have kids in the first place if they're just going to actively ask them to drown. It's very, very weird. Let's move on. This is why I didn't want your brat to watch my movie with me. I won't lie. I find this rather funny. Recently, my friends and I have been playing Predator Hunting Grounds, and I've become interested in watching the Predator movies. As such, I've rented the entire series so I can watch them. This Sunday, my mum told us that she invited the entitled mum and entitled dad of this story to come and visit. They are her cousins. Cool. Are they bringing their kids? I said. Yes. That won't be an issue, will it? Well, I hope not. Yeah, right. Lol. By this point, I started the movie Predators and had closed my door. Partway through, I heard them arrive and decided to stay in my room. I wanted to watch my movie and these super Mormons weren't going to like it. A little while later, I heard my door open. I hit pause. Hey, you ever heard of knocking? I want to watch TV. It was one of the entitled kids. Not only no, I'm watching my movie on my setup. You need to leave my room now. The kid screeches in eldritch horror and then storms off. Frick. I make my way upstairs to avoid being shouted for as I know what's going to happen. As soon as I enter the living room, I get bombarded. What is this about you telling my child that they can't watch TV? Firstly, they barge into my room. And yes, my door was closed. Secondly, yes, I told them that they couldn't watch TV on my computer. I'm already watching something and I don't like others using my computer. I'll just let him watch TV. He can finish your movie with you. Yeah, uh, that's a very bad idea. Like a 10 out of 10 bad idea. Jeez, are you slow or something? Just do what she said, said the entitled dad. Now internally, I know that this is going to cause an issue, but I say full send. Fine. Only if you're sure. Yes. Okay, then. The three entitled kids all get the same look of smug success. I make my way back downstairs, and the kid from before is going on about how he wants to watch all these children's shows. I just keep my mouth shut. I didn't want to teach him any new words. Upon reaching my room, I pull up a spare chair for him. I sit in my chair and hit play. A little bit of time passes, and the kid is looking a little bit scared. I hit pause. Last chance. You really want to be here? Don't make me tell my mum on you. All right, I hit play. By about this point, the protagonists enter an abandoned drill. They soon found out that the guy that led them is betraying them. The main character then attracts the predators to the drill. I'm keeping an eye on both the screen and the kid. He'd only heard the sound of the predators and was starting to freak out now. By now, the predators appear. The betrayer then gets blown apart by one predator's shoulder cannon. The kid freaked out. He shut out the door and right up the stairs. Hitting pause, I follow at a leisurely pace. Upon hitting the top, I start getting yelled at by the entitled mum. How dare you do this to my baby? You're a horrible person to watch something so horrid. I demand that you make it right immediately. Excuse the heck out of me. You demanded that I let your child watch my movie. But you never said that it was inappropriate. She then says to my mum, I'm shocked you'd let your son watch something like that. At this point, I've snapped. 
if i'm not mistaken you and your husband dismissed me saying it was a bad idea and you leave my mother out of it so help me god about five seconds of pure silence ensues only to be broken by my phone going off as my text tone fills the room on full volume the kid freezes in fear it was the predator sound filling the room unfreezing the kid breaks down crying and my dad starts laughing well i never wait how did he said the dad they then left and that's all for now now guys if you're a long-time viewer or listener of my channel you will know that we've come across stories like this before i just don't get it surely as a parent right the first thing you would do when your kid is about to watch a movie or watch a movie with someone else who's older than them is check what the movie is look the idea of watching a movie with an older kid like this i get it it's nice and i'm sure if op was watching a movie that was you know rated not what predators rated like a movie that kids can watch and enjoy it would have been fine and op yeah maybe they wouldn't have wanted to watch it with the with the other kids these entitled kids but they couldn't really have had much of an argument could they but the fact that it's predator and these parents just like you know what i don't care what the movie is just go and watch it mate it's just strange and then they have a bad reaction when when something you know really gory happens and people die it's just ludicrous again the logic it just it just baffles me to my very core let's move on my birth giver i want to start this by saying i'm not 100 sure if she could be considered an entitled parent by normal standards but now that i'm older i'm realizing almost everything she did when i was in her care was beyond not okay and that she definitely felt entitled to treating me and my brother however she pleased quick warning for people sensitive to these topics and any youtubers like myself who might find my post and cover it there are mentions of severe neglects and different types of abuse and manipulation some things also might not make total sense as this is all either things i remember from when i was three to six years old and things i've been told by my good family members also some things might be a bit tmi but it's to emphasize how bad the abuse actually was for it to affect me so severely at such a young age as well as now for starters rob my older brother and i were taken out of our birth givers custody when i was two and he was about nine because i was found wandering the streets completely naked and alone by the police i've heard from mum and grandma that when the police took me back to the house my birth giver her husband and rob were all asleep the fact that doors and my playpen had been unlocked and i was able to get out combined with the mess of laundry and dirty dishes and lack of proper food anywhere was enough for the police to decide that the house wasn't a safe environment i'm certain other things went into this decision but i'll get to that in a minute anyways combined with what was mentioned above and the fact my birth giver didn't even show up to court to try and win custody over us gifted rob and i our great grandma and her daughter our great aunt as legal guardians with 24 to 48 hour in-person visits with our birth giver and her husband a couple of times a month these visits now that i'm older haunt me rob and i would be picked up about noon by our birth giver and driven to a motel in the same town there we would spend our given time we never had proper food just craft cheese slices which i would eat three to four at a time because no one told me no and there was nothing else anyways i also remember large parties with people i remember looking wide-eyed being a little too friendly for my liking and with many missing teeth 
Now, I realize now that these people, who I think were friends of our birth giver, were likely drug addicts, that she was willingly and regularly inviting around her three to six-year-old daughter and 10 to 13-year-old son. Keep in mind that these visits weren't monitored, which means whatever happened during them, our aunts, who became our mum and grandma, had to rely on Rob and I to tell them about, since my birth giver and her husband clearly wouldn't. Thanks to about a year so far of therapy and thinking more about my early childhood behaviors and the fact my memory of these parties would completely black out at a certain point has led myself, my therapist and mum, who's a counselor herself, to believe I have been abused while in my birth giver's care and very likely during those parties. During a recent session, mum, who sits in with me due to anxiety of being away from her for too long, brought up how I couldn't be alone in the same room with Rob because neither mum nor grandma knew the extent of the abuse and if Rob would continue trying to act out with me in a different environment. Now, it wasn't specified and I didn't ask, but I don't think my brother actually ever did anything. It was more just a precaution to ensure neither of us tried to act out what we've seen or experienced on each other, which I've learned is what victims of childhood abuse often do. Wow. We don't know it's wrong, but we've experienced it and we show that by trying to replicate it however we can. At first, my therapist tried to have the benefit of a doubt and point out that in any kid's early developmental stages, they try to touch themselves or others because they're curious. But after it was confirmed by both mum and I that I was the three to eight or so year old kid that acted out multiple sex positions with my Barbies and repeatedly tried to myself with whatever I could find, her face visibly fell. When I first started therapy, I'd honestly hoped that I'd never have a story that would make their demeanor go from this might be something normal to this is really bad. Back to my birth giver. Her visitation rights were eventually taken away when I was around five or six after she tried to steal my brother and I back in probably the dumbest way possible. She asked us if he wanted to stay another day and us being kids who'd been told by her that our mum and grandma just wanted to keep us away from the person who really loves you we agreed so we stayed one extra night then she asked if we wanted to stay another we agreed again that night the police showed up rob and i were taken back to mum's house immediately i remember staring out the window of a car i can't remember if it was a cop or a family member and just watching the police and the motel as we drove off i've got no idea what happened to my birth giver and her husband next but i remember the only contact she had with us being reduced to phone calls maybe once a month and within a few years those stopped too not to mention she also pierced my ears when i was a baby let them get infected to the point they had to be removed and during one of our visits tried to shove a blunt earring through the completely closed up holes what i screamed and cried for a solid two minutes while her husband and rob just sat by watching before she finally stopped because i was moving around too much Not because I was in pain, but because my thrashing made it difficult. Take a minute to process that. It would be years before she even tried to reach out again. And when she did, she did it the worst way possible. My birth giver showed up, uninvited, to a funeral service for my grandmother. 
It wasn't a normal funeral, but it was in my grandma's favorite restaurant and there were friends and family and food It was basically just a simple get-together to honor her memory And it was the first time in a solid few years that i'd even seen my brother rob again Our birth givers lies and promises of being better for him and him specifically had got into his head And he'd moved out as soon as physically possible to try and find her I was excited to see him again and I was going over to greet him when my birth giver blocked the way It's important to note that at the time of the funeral I was about 10 or 11 So keep in mind. I hadn't even heard that woman's voice in at least four years I didn't recognize her and I was still trying to process my grandma's death The conversation went like this from what I remember. Hi. Hi You don't remember me do you no sorry i don't i'm your mum, guys i didn't even have half a second to process what she'd said before mum swooped in putting herself between my birth giver and i and telling her to get the f out she left the building but stuck around outside until mum and i eventually left and for the rest of the service, I wasn't allowed outside of the protective circle mum's friends had formed around me. After my birth giver showed up, I couldn't even properly try to enjoy the food or the good memories of my dead grandma because everyone, including myself, was worried that I'd be kidnapped if more than two steps away from mum or her friends. I'm sure there's more, I just can't remember it at this moment. Trust me, there's still a lot I don't personally remember because my brain blocked it out and plenty of stories I've not fully heard from mum. Also, for anyone curious, mum is indeed my biological aunt, but I call her mum because she's been a better mother than my birth giver ever possibly could. I'm also much happier now and in a much safer environment. And there we go. That concludes possibly one of the saddest entitled parent stories that I've read for a very long time. I don't even know where to begin on this one. Just sad. I couldn't really believe what I was reading the whole time. It kept getting worse and worse as well. Look, the thing is, we're never going to officially know what happened for sure, but just a very, very sad story. And there's not much more I can add than that. I will say that very quickly. It is good that your aunt and your grandma stepped in and took care of you when your own birth giver couldn't op and that you're getting the support now that you didn't get when you were a young kid that is the only kind of consolation from the story otherwise just dreadful now moving on to our second story now guys i'll be honest this one isn't much better than the first entitled mother smokes crack in my basement and insists she's the victim i guess i need to vent a little because dealing with my mother is simply mind-boggling Buckle up as it's rather long. For some background, I moved away from home over a decade ago. Low contact with mum as she's just generally problematic. She's never wrong, plays the victim, can't respect boundaries. She moved to my city three years ago to be closer and she genuinely seemed better. Spoiler, she's not. The high cost of living in our city makes it difficult for me to buy a home for my family. So we decide, me and my mum, to buy a home together with separate spaces that can be used for an ADU for her eventually. An ADU is pretty much just a secondary housing unit on a house. Now, I'm hesitant but desperate for a house. And I figure, worst comes to worst, she drives me and my husband nuts and we sell in three to five years and move on to something else. Okay, so it's December. We just moved into our new house and things are going okay. I need some batteries and my mum had mentioned having a bunch in her section of the house if I ever needed any I asked my five-year-old if he knows where grandma keeps the batteries and he happily leads me to her small walk-in closets I grab a few pick him up and turn around 
My eyes immediately lock with a crack pipe and torch lighter hanging openly in a basket next to the door. I'm confused, shocked, and a little in denial. My spidey senses had smelled something off several times in the basement, her area, but I brushed it off as a weird chemical cleaner smell that I use on really gentle products. I figured I wasn't used to the smell anymore. Clearly, that was not the case, and the pieces came together. After discussing with my husband, we decide to talk to her about this after dinner when the kids are asleep. I gently explain the same story to my mother about what I discovered that day. She casually confirms, Yeah, I use it to smoke coke. So, I'm flabbergasted, stunned. She then proceeds to tell me, It's not a big deal. I'm not sure why we're even having this conversation. She goes on about how I knew this about her. No, I didn't. And while I may have bad experiences with it, she's an adult and makes her own choices. She even says, I don't know what you want from me. To promise I'll never do it again? Ha! Like what? If you don't want me around the kids unsupervised, I understand that and I'm fine with it. I'll keep it out of the house, I guess, if that's what you want. Internally, I'm screaming. Are you seriously acting like this is a me problem and willing to give up alone time with your grandchildren? She didn't even flinch. Just straight, cold manipulation. I wait a few days to process. Clearly, treatment or intervention is not an option. Even clearer, I can't have grandma smoking crack in the house where my small kids live. I don't trust her to keep it out of the house, even if I were to agree to that insane proposition. And she insisted to me it was a once in a blue moon thing, but she was already using within weeks of us living together and her crack pipe is stationed for easy access. I text her that we need to talk again. I don't know what there is to talk about, is her response. We meet again after dinner and I simply say, we've thought about what you said and living together is no longer viable for us. Cue a trash show. In her words, this equates to cutting your mother out of your life. She won't sell her share of the property to us. She'll force us to sell at a loss on the market. I will pay for my judgment. She's a good person and what I'm doing is so wrong. This is my issue and I should be able to handle it without treating her so horribly. There's no risk to the children. I know her better than that. She expected better of me. I calmed her down enough over the course of a few weeks to convince her selling on the market is simply vindictive without giving me the chance to buy her out. When buying her out is financially better for everyone. She relents, but with a steep price. She wants what she put in for the house thousands in moving expenses and money from a car she basically forced on me and had forgiven years ago fine still better than the alternative we signed the agreement a few weeks ago and included free living costs until she moves yesterday she accuses me of somehow secretly taking her off the deed or paperwork when we filed it with the county on purchase in december she signed dozens of documents and why would i be paying her over seventy-five thousand if that was the case Then, 30 minutes later, she asks if she can have my kids overnight at her new house in a few weeks. I break it to her that we don't want contact after she moves out due to her behavior. Oh, really? And what behavior is that? She asks. She says she's disappointed that I would choose to act so wrong, but she loves me despite my faults and would treat me better than my actions warrant. Sorry to interject it, guys, but I actually cannot believe what I'm reading. Jeez, I don't know, mum. Maybe smoking crack in the basement while my kids are home? Lying and trying to manipulate me into thinking I'm in the wrong here? Calling me two-faced? 
surprised and accusing me of swindling you out of something while you walk away with a big bag of cash attempting to force my family into financial ruin she responds yeah okay now if you thought the first story was bad guys wow that was insane you know the funniest thing about it if you can laugh at a crazy situation like this because if you can't laugh i mean well it's too serious it's the fact that this woman is like what are your issues with me like she's just putting everything onto op rather than thinking for one second i'm the one doing crack in my basement maybe i'm the problem no you've got a problem with me this is just so weird again as i always say the logic is unbelievable and yeah that's all i can really add my entitled mum got upset with me for not giving her enough attention at my husband's memorial she ended up calling the police on me my husband passed away unexpectedly last month it's honestly the worst thing i've ever had to go through i'm now a single mum to children aged between 2 and 20. two days after my husband passed my entitled mum came by but brought her three dogs knowing that one of her dogs isn't friendly with children and knowing i also have animals we had my husband's memorial at a local park where we had been married I struggled to hold it together and besides brief hellos I only spoke to those helping set up and then I gave my speech I approached my entitled mum when I saw that she'd arrived said hi and let her know my brother whose non-contact with her was there later i noticed she was gone without even saying goodbye a few days later my 20 year old he's my stepson who my entitled mum has never paid any attention to before gets a message from her asking him to come and stay the week to paint her house i spoke to my 20 year old and my other children's therapists who all agree it's too soon after losing their father for their brother who lives with us to be gone for a week a few of my younger children are autistic later that night i called my entitled mum to chat about it and she says it's been three weeks you need to get over it with that i saw red i let loose and tell her i'll never be over it i then threw at her that i noticed that she couldn't even be bothered to say goodbye at the memorial to which she then had a go at me for having my brother there as it made her uncomfortable i reminded her that the day wasn't about her I let loose a lot on that phone call. In the end, I hung up the phone. The next morning, I got a call from the police saying that my entitled mum had called them and told them that I was trying to end my life. I was lucky as I'd spoken to the same officer only two days prior, and she told me she got the impression that I'd reach out for help if needed, which is why she chose to call instead of a home visit. Which, given my past history, which my entitled mum knows about, they would have taken me to hospital as a precaution. I've now got no contact with my mum. I fully believe, knowing her, that she only invited my son over as she knows that he has been one of my biggest supports as retaliation for not giving her enough attention at the memorial. After I went no contact i found out that she told my other stepson that she only came because it would have looked bad on her if she didn't others also told me she kept yelling at my brother and complaining that i wasn't leaning on her for support i'm so glad i've gone no contact wow all i can say to that woman is what a heartless bitch I'm sorry, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind. There are so many things that she did here that are just downright horrible. For example, saying that she only went to your husband's memorial because she felt like she had to. But calling the police, saying that you're trying to kill yourself, something so deadly serious, which could potentially get you sent off somewhere. I mean, I don't know what would happen in that situation, but it's pretty insane, that's for sure. That is the craziest thing of all. I'm just happy that you've got no contact. All right, now moving on to our second horrible entitled mum. Now, this story actually comes in two parts. 
Am I wrong for wanting to cut ties with my family because they keep being racist and constantly disrespecting my husband and my daughter? I am a white woman born in Germany and immigrated to the US when I was a child. And my husband is Asian, born and raised in South Korea, and he immigrated to the US when he was in college. We've been together for seven years, married for three, and we have a three-year-old daughter. Now, my family is very racist and never liked my husband, but he's never done anything wrong. They expected me to be with some white American European guy just like my ex-boyfriends were at first I thought they'd get used to him just like his parents wanted him to be with an asian woman as well But then they got used to me and nowadays we get along pretty well that never happened They always treated him in a mean and rude way made terrible racist comments and jokes about asian people around him Sometimes they'd ignore him and they always treated him differently comparing to the guys my sisters got married to I just don't understand how that can be logical to them. This is the healthiest relationship i've ever had He treats me right. He's a really nice guy an amazing father to our daughter Educated comes from a nice family and if he was white he'd be everything my parents wanted when my daughter was born I thought that things would get better my mistake My daughter looks as asian as her father and nothing like me So she became their least favorite grandchild and they also treat her different and make jokes that angers me so much We've been trying to raise her speaking the three languages we know english german and korean But she mixes languages all the time and my parents freaked out when she accidentally said something in korean in front of them From that day until now they've been telling her that speaking korean is wrong But when she mixes english with german, they think it's cute and adorable They also tell my daughter bad things about the korean culture to try and make up her mind Of course, I've tried to talk to them many times, but they always play the victim and refuse to acknowledge they're being racist. We fought about it just recently. I got really angry and told them they're the type of people that would have followed Hitler and such. They're mad at me, and we spent a month or so not speaking. Last weekend, my parents invited me over for dinner, so I thought it could be a good opportunity to start speaking to them again. My husband and my daughter didn't go because they had other plans. When I got there, my mum started telling me about this guy, apparently one of her friend's sons, that just moved here, and how good he is. She said that she told him about me, and he thinks I'm cute, and suggested I should go on a date with him. That was enough for me, so I left and decided to definitely cut ties with them. My husband is extremely family-oriented, and he says I'm overreacting. They're wrong, but they'll always be family, and so on. Some of my friends told me the same thing But I feel like I just can't stand them constantly disrespecting me my husband and my daughter and now telling me I should cheat on my husband I'm so mad at them that if I could I would move to another city just to stay away Am I overreacting? Now guys feel free to get your comments in down below whilst you are listening and watching this But i'm gonna move on straight away to part two to get the whole story My mother said the most hurtful things to me about my daughter and I just want to vent and stay away from her I'm mostly just venting because there's not much I can do besides cutting ties with my parents So a few weeks ago, I found out I was pregnant again So a few weeks ago, I found out I was pregnant again It wasn't planned, but me and my husband already had plans of having a second child in the future, so we were really happy about it. Days after I found out about the pregnancy, I had a miscarriage. When I told my mum about it, she told me these exact words. You need to start taking care of yourself and get into birth control or close your legs. You're not a teenager anymore. You already have an unwanted kid that looks like she has coronavirus. At least you were lucky to get rid of the second one. 
Those were the most hurtful things someone ever said to me My daughter was also unplanned because me and my husband were being stupid, but we were already adults We knew the consequences and she was never a problem. She's our world now and we're a very stable family I don't know how the second pregnancy happened. I was on birth control But again, it wouldn't be a problem and we were happy about it I never thought my own mother could be so mean to me and my daughter and I feel really hurt I know her opinions, but her racism towards my daughter was very subtle before, which isn't better, but it's less hurtful than when it's said out loud. She's never said anything like that to my siblings, and she absolutely loves her other grandkids. All of them are white, by the way. I'm sure this is pure racism, and that if it wasn't for the fact that my daughter and husband are Asians, my parents would treat them completely differently. I've tried being patient, talking, asking for respect, but they won't listen to me. All I want right now is to move to another city to stay away from them. Yeah, nuts. That's just blatant racism right there. Even if it's not, you know, completely outright. Subtle doesn't make it any better. I'm sorry, but your entitled mum is a filthy racist. That's disgusting. What's crazy to me is that it's racism, even despite the fact that she knows how perfect this person is for you and she knows how much you love them. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not a racist, but let me try and put myself in a racist shoes for a second. I've got all these preconceptions and wrong opinions about a race fine surely those like original thoughts then come crashing down when i see my own daughter marry someone who they love so much and is such an amazing person right i don't know go with me here this logic is crazy but i'm trying to kind of understand it from this mom's perspective but no even then she's like oh he's asian Screw him. I guess that's just the life of a racist. Ridiculous. And now moving on to our third story of today's episode. Mum doesn't want daughter to be independent. I am a 28-year-old woman and I've always lived with my mum. Currently, I'm a student at a university and I'm working towards a master's degree. Many people might think, high time to go out and live your own life. But my mum doesn't see things that way. When I was a teenager, my mum would threaten to throw me out if I was disobedient. When I became an adult, I openly talked about wanting to move out and get a job, but she is strongly against the idea. We live in a foreign country where she still hasn't learned the language after 15 years. I'm basically her live-in personal assistant. I do house chores, including repairs and shopping, and I handle phone calls, take dictation, and act as her translator and interpreter. Now, all of that still isn't enough. She's upset when I don't also organize vacations for her, but gets angry at me when I do, and the vacation isn't to her liking. She has no other relatives, no friends, and she has a chronic illness that acts up from time to time and gives her pain. I've always tried my most to support her and do things together to make her feel less lonely. I genuinely feel sorry for her, but I can't live my life out as a personal assistant. I'm a social person. I like to be around people and I especially like to be with my boyfriend, but she gets extremely upset over any deviation from our daily routine, no matter how minor. If I befriend a new person, she belittles that person behind their back and tries to persuade me to sever ties with them. When I was a kid, I used to do that and lose lots of good friends that way which she later on would use as evidence that I have no people skills and my friends were traitors. As an adult, I'm not so quick to defriend somebody just because she doesn't like them. And to this day, she still insults my best friends behind their backs 
and mocks me when i'm on voice calls with my friends gaming together it gets even worse when i try to date somebody she doesn't care if i'm in a relationship but she doesn't want me to meet up with or visit my boyfriend unless she is present and if i insinuate that i'll go to him anyway she threatens to stop paying my allowance it's for my own good she says because she can't trust him yet and probably never will And it's her money, so her rules. There's an added level of irony there, because since I was a teenager, she's talked about how she dreamed of me getting married and starting my own family. Like with my friends, she finds new ways to spin things my boyfriend does into a mean light. He could be a prince in shining armor descended from the heavens, and she'll still find something to complain about him. Today, the pettiness reached a whole new level. I feel guilty and angry at the same time. The incidents. I came late for breakfast, so she ate without me and has since been giving me the silent treatments, which is the tactic I hate the most. She's done this quite often, and as a teenager, it broke me down a few times and I wound up sobbing for forgiveness. Even now, it upsets me a lot. Even when I apologize for getting up late, she doesn't respond. Total hardcore ignore. It doesn't help that it's very hard to get to the bottom of why she's upset when she is. Once she lets slip that she's worried I won't take care of her when she's older, and I think it's a sign that she's afraid that one day her personal assistant will have her own life. And then she'll have nobody because she had successfully pushed away many people with her meanness. And ironically, the more she clings to me, the more I feel like running far away. Having a heartfelt talk with her never works because she interrupts and yells and fixates on how I'm an ungrateful, deceitful leech who'll abandon her at the drop of a hat. Oh, wow. Every single characteristic of a narcissist is present in your entitled mother. Go and make friends, but also I don't like your friends. Go and have a boyfriend, but also you're only allowed to see him when I go with you. It's just crazy. Like, give this girl some independence. You know, it's just ridiculous, to be honest. My only advice to OP would be, you need to go and start living your own life. Like, you have to sack this woman off. I'm sorry, I know it's your mother, and I know it's easy for me to say, sat here in my bedroom with my keyboard. It's time for you to get out there, live your own life. Because as you said, you cannot be your own mother's personal assistant for the rest of yours. Oh, and by the way, if you are listening to this episode on a podcast platform and you didn't realize, I also post these on my YouTube channel. Just search for Redditor. And if you're watching this right now on YouTube and you can see my lovely room and my lovely keyboard, you're probably thinking, what are you talking about? I didn't know you had a podcast. Well, I do. Spotify, Apple, search for Redditor. I'm there. My mother-in-law locked me out of my own house three days in a row. I am a 24-year-old man, and my mother-in-law, who is 60 years old, was evicted from her house, and all of her other children have refused to take her in. My wife and I were nice enough to let her stay in our apartments until she got her housing figured out. This process was supposed to take two weeks, but it turned into three months. She hasn't helped around the house, and she started to eat our food that she doesn't pay for, and turned my living room into her bedroom where she nods out and watches my TV all day and night. Last week, my wife and I called her out for milking this entire situation. And now she's starting to barricade me from the house every time I come home from work, as well as hiding my work shoes and stealing my clothes. We tried to kick her out, but she's refusing to leave and calling us buttholes even though we took her in. I'm sick of the petty BS that this 60-year-old woman is playing when we were nice enough to let her stay while she figures things out. She is a sociopath, and now I understand why the other siblings didn't want her in their homes. Uh, yeah. Wow. 
What a woman. First of all, start the eviction straight away. Get that bat gone. Because she is mental, clearly. I mean, seriously, what is she doing? I guess in future, if all the siblings are doing one thing and not letting something happen, probably go with them because they know best. Oh, wow. Well done to them for not letting her in. And uh, yeah, now it's clear to see why they didn't. That is ridiculous. Now, I know it does seem a little bit extreme and I get that this woman is your wife's mother but she is locking you out of your own house at what point do you say nah that's enough i'm gonna call the police now it's getting there isn't it let's be realistic we're not too far away give them a ring they'd love to hear from you and now moving on to our third post my parents threw fake money at me when i exposed their blatant theft to the rest of the family this happened in 2015 i was 18 and about to move out on my own prior to this i had a savings account my parents had helped me set up and I've been putting money into it anywhere I could for three years. Birthday money, odd jobs, part-time after-school job washing dishes, all that stuff. And I'd managed to get a few thousand into it. I'd really been wanting to move out because I have two little brothers that absolutely drive me up the wall. My parents loved making me the live-in babysitter whenever I wasn't working, which is why I used the excuse to work as much as I could. When the time came that I wanted to move out, my parents said they wanted me to stay because they needed my help and they were wanting me to start paying rent to help with bills but i held my ground that i wanted to live on my own i'd already paid the deposit and first month's rent on an apartment without telling them and by that point i had a local full-time job so i was set to move out after about another month when they found that out they freaked and told me to get out that day if i wanted to be on my own so bad i packed what i could and left to go to my aunt and uncle's house It was a four mile ride with a bicycle that i had a small trailer hooked to when i told my aunt and uncle what happened they were very angry and took me in right away a couple of days later i went to withdraw all the money from my accounts and saw that it was empty my parents had come in the day prior and cleaned it out all the bank could do was give me a balance statement saying so because my parents were co-signers on the account that meant that they had access to the money too i was livid and immediately told my aunt and uncle as soon as i could they were beyond angry too then my aunt got an idea and started calling up other people in the family to tell them what my parents had done it wasn't long before the poop had hit the fan my other aunts and uncles cousins and grandparents were all furious and let my parents have it i don't know what kind of excuses my parents gave them but it didn't work the next time i saw my parents they showed up to my aunt and uncle's house to yell at me when they saw me my mother threw some money at me and called me an ungrateful brat for telling everyone my aunt then said it was her who told everyone not me i looked at the money they'd thrown and it was just some kid play money my little brothers had i asked where the real money was and my parents said they'd already used it to pay off a credit card i said i wanted the money they stole back for real but they refused and said it was their right to take it since they'd opened the account for me and I still have a job. My expenses at the moment were fine because my next paycheck was deposited in a new account and I was able to save until the apartment was ready. But my parents took a lot of heat from my aunt and uncle until they left. My cousin also used to babysit for my parents when I was busy and she not only refused to do so again after what they did, but told me she put out the word to other teen babysitters on social media to avoid my parents because they were thieves. By the time I was living in my apartment, my parents finally couldn't take the social stigma anymore and met me to compromise. They said they couldn't pay me back all at once 
and ask for a payment plan. <laughs> sorry, I have to interrupt you guys. I'm really sorry. But getting a payment plan from your own parents. Like, what? What? Your own parents are demanding a payment plan so that they can pay you back for the money they stole from you. What is, what is that? Anyway, sorry about that. I had to just say that. I had the exact number of the amount they stolen and said that I wanted it all back. They actually tried to haggle me down to half the total, but I refused to anything but the full amount. They reluctantly agreed and gave me 200 a month in cash for two years before it was all paid back. Now, I barely ever see my parents, let alone speak to them. And they clearly still blame me for what happened too, because their reputations in the family never recovered. But I don't care. They were thieves that paid the piper. Yeah, OP2, right. They're thieves. I don't care about their reputation. And also, who cares if they're your parents? They are literally stealing from you. They deserve for people to know about that. I'm sorry, but it's true. Guys, I actually had to laugh a little bit at that payment plan. Just one of the most ridiculous things I've ever said. Oh, we stole money from you and we can't pay it back. Oh, yeah. We're your parents, by the way. It's just ludicrous. And sometimes when something is as stupid as that, you have to sit back and go, what have I just read? And that's what I did there. Okay. Uh, and it was funny. There you go. I'll tell you what, though. As some of the comments are saying on this post, it is a good thing that you do have the support of the rest of your family. Because yeah, clearly your parents themselves are idiots, but the rest of your family, including your aunt and uncle, clearly seem like good people. The fact that your aunt and uncle were fuming, took you in, were like taking care of you, and then had a go and stood up for you when your parents came. Good stuff. Everyone else now hates them as they should because stealing from your own kid doesn't get much worse than that. Two of them are wrongins. The rest of them seem all right. Just stay clear of your actual parents and the rest of your family. Yeah, have good conversations with them. Entitled parents has their daughter swimming naked at a public pool. To start off, I go swimming at my local rec center, which is pretty popular. I also mainly swim underwater because I find it much easier than holding myself up. This is important. This happened a few days ago. I was just chilling in the deep end, swimming underwater like usual. About 20 feet away, in the not-so-deep area, I thought I saw a small butt. Whatever, I've seen a lot of skin-coloured suits. I come up for air, and then when I look ahead, I go, holy snap, there's actually a naked child in this pool. I start feeling awkward, so I turn back around and just stand there for a bit. After a bit, I just go back to swimming. After about 30 seconds underwater, I feel myself getting pulled up, so I just push myself up to the surface. Now enter entitled mum. What the heck are you doing? What? You're looking at my child's parts. She's only five, you pervert. I'm sorry? I saw you look at her a few minutes ago. Then you went underwater. Oh, I assume you're the mother of that naked girl? So you admit it. You did look at her. Yeah, by accident when I came up for air, I turned around. Then I get pushed underwater. The mum actually held me down for a bit. Next, someone jumps in the water to help me and I get pulled out. I then start hearing her screaming that she was assaulted and violated and other stuff like that. For the record, I wasn't really in danger, mostly because I was only under for about three to five seconds. Anyways, time for the entry of the absolute freaking legend, the lifeguard. Mom, why were you holding this man underwater? He's a pedo. He was looking at my daughter while she was naked. I'm sorry, naked? Uh, From what I've seen, he hasn't left the pool. Well, sure he didn't, but he went underwater while my daughter was naked. Well, yeah, I say, because I only really swim underwater. I can't even see that far underwater. It gets foggy. Wait, is your daughter in the pool? Says the lifeguard. Well, 
yes, but what does that even freaking matter? He's staring at her. No need for that language. But please explain why your daughter is naked in the pool. Because she doesn't like swimsuits. But that doesn't matter. Call the police and have this boy arrested. Excuse me, sir. Can I hear your side of the story? Well, I was swimming underwater. And when I came up for air, I saw a naked child in the pool about 20 feet away. I just turned around and after a minute or two went back under. 30 seconds later, this woman is pulling me out the water and all this began. All right, I'm going to have to ask you to get your daughter out of the water and clothes. Then we'll have to talk to my manager. Finally, something is happening towards punishing this pervert. The lifeguard just winks at me. It was at this point I realized this guy already knew what actually happened and doesn't intend to punish me. I had to go with them, cutting my night shorts. Although it was worth it for the fallout at the pool manager's office The woman starts yelling the moment we got in about how I was a pervert staring at her naked daughter The lifeguard assaulted her the police needed to be called blah 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 The lifeguard then explained what happened from his pov I gave mine and then she gave hers. This is everyone's story The lifeguard said I saw two people arguing these two and from what I heard She was mad because he was staring at her daughter or something Then she pushed him under and held him down for a few seconds until I pulled her off She started screaming about him being a pedo and staring at her naked daughter and I asked what she meant She had her daughter swimming naked in the pool. Then I gave my accounts I was swimming underwater and when I came out for air, I noticed there was a naked girl I turned around because I felt awkward and after a few minutes I went back under then this woman came and pulled me out and started screaming She basically just said what the lifeguard said then she dunked me and got pulled off Then came the entitled mum's version of events He stared at my daughter's vagina and when I tried to talk to him, he screamed at me He tried to hit me, so I pushed him. Then the lifeguard came and pushed me and hit me, then screamed at me too. And the- All right, so how about we now just check the cameras, said the manager. The mum became suddenly flustered. No, that's not necessary. Let's just- No, no, let's just watch them so we can get proof of him being a pervert, said the lifeguard. Great reasoning. Let's do it. After this, the mum got in trouble. Not for the naked thing. She really was just told not to do that again. No, she got in trouble for assaulting me. She's not allowed in there for a year and the police were called I was asked for a statement and I told them what I told the manager I was asked if I wanted to press charges and I said no I'm only 16 and I don't feel like having to enter the legal world as well as I don't want to completely ruin this lady's life She then screamed f you at me the manager and the lifeguard that was the last I saw of her I'll be honest past this story are quite tough to uh, accept For example, the lifeguard winking at you. I don't know much about lifeguards, but I do know that they don't often wink at people in the pool because that is a little bit noncy. So uh, does that happen in this story? Did that really happen in real life? I'm not sure. Uh, It does seem a little bit far-fetched, but I'll be interested to see what you guys think. Comment down below. Now look, even if this story isn't real, it still was very entertaining. And I've got to say on behalf of this mother, why on earth is she letting slash telling her kid to go into a public pool with no clothes on? That is the real mystery of this post. Look, whether it's real or not doesn't necessarily matter this mum is still crazy nonetheless now moving on to our next story parents get upset that i sold a lawnmower they lowballed me on i can't sleep so i guess i'll share this dumb little ordeal last year i obtained a riding lawnmower from a tenant who was planning on moving out his landlord required that he clear everything out of course so he asked me and my grandpa for help to clean out his yard We did so and I came across an older craftsman lawnmower. The lawnmower had been sitting for eight years, so it was pretty weathered. 
All four tires were flats. It even had moss growing inside the headlights somehow. That all being said, the guy said I could have it for free, so I took it home with me that day. I ordered new tires for the front. The back ones just needed tubes, $70. I ordered a new headlight lens, $30. Got a new starter gear, $10. A new carburetor, $20. Sharpened the blades and gave it a quick power wash. And surprisingly, it was actually really nice under all the dirt and mold. The mower deck was very solid not a single rust hole, which is common on many lawnmowers after several years of use. Overall, it was extremely nice for a 27-year-old lawnmower. The engine was a 13.5 horsepower Briggs & Stratton IC, a legendary engine. Its reliability is to be lauded. Despite sitting for eight years, it was very easy to get it running. I had finally finished it up and my parents had taken notice. It was September of 2021, so nobody was buying lawnmowers, so it wasn't for sale at the time. Fast forward to March the 1st of this year. I get the lawnmower started back up and tuned, ready for the spring. Once again, my parents take notice and they want to buy it from me now. I listed the lawnmower for $400, definitely reasonable for the condition and amount of work and money that I'd put into it. The conversation went something like this. Mum asked me, how much do you want for that? $400. Dad scoffed. You must be joking, right? Uh, no. Unbelievable. Why is that such a problem? Because you got it for free. There's no way I'm paying $400 for a lawnmower knowing that you got it for free. Well, you seem to be forgetting that one, I put over $100 in for parts and a whole day of work into it. And two, it's my lawnmower and I can list it for however much I want, despite how much I initially paid for it. Well, we need to think about whether or not we really want it. Well, all right then, that's fine, but I'm not gonna hold it for you. Whoever gives me $400 first gets it. Yesterday, I got a message from someone who was interested in the Facebook marketplace listing I posted for it. He ended up buying it for the requested $400. Later that same day, I told my mum and dad, guys, the lawnmower is sold, it's gone. But we wanted it. Why would you do that? Because you never told me your decision and because you didn't want to pay the asking price anyway. But we're a family. You should have had more leeway with us. No, I shouldn't, especially with the way this has played out. I told you both that whoever gives me the cash first gets it and you acknowledge that. You aren't entitled to cheaper pricing, mainly because I'm not made of money like you. I've got college payments, car repair bills, insurance and registration coming up and other subscriptions to pay for. It's gone. Done with. I got my request of $400 that you didn't think I should get, so I'm happy. End of disputes. And that was the end of it. The reason it was unexpected is because they've never been like this. I've never seen them so perturbed by something so ridiculous. I'm sure that not many people know a lot about lawnmowers and how much one in a certain condition is worth, but I assure you, That one was worth every cent of $400, despite the condition it was in when I got it. Had I not needed the money, I would have kept it for myself. Yeah, knowing that I got it for free versus not knowing that can really affect how much it's worth to someone, but it doesn't matter. It wasn't in working condition when I got it, which is why it was free. When I was done fixing everything on it, it was in working condition and it looked good as well. So, Here's a logical analysis. Making it actually do its job and do it well will significantly increase its value. What a surprise, right? Anyways, that's about it. Yeah, to be honest, guys, from what OP has said in this post, I think that $400 is just a very reasonable price anyway. And I know nothing, you might not know this, about lawnmowers. $100 for the parts, 
that's a flat fee. You can't really argue with that. Therefore, the minimum that OP is going to sell this for is $100, just flat. But then on top of that, the man hours and the technical knowledge of lawnmowers to get it up and running and looking good. It took OP a whole day to fix it. That's bordering on $300 anyway, isn't it? $400 seems very, very fair. OP should be able to make a little bit of profit from it. Yeah, seems reasonable. What is strange is that it's your own parents who you say have a lot of money not wanting to pay $400. So at what point would they then pay for it? $300? $250? Just pay the $400 flat. You're helping your son anyway. You're keeping the money in the family. It's a bit weird. Don't really get it. And now for our third Entitled Parents post. Entitled Mum wants our upgraded seats for free. This happened a few years ago, pre-pandemic, when flying overseas from the US to Europe. My girlfriend and I were taking a trip to visit a few places in Europe for a vacation. This was her first time overseas and the first time she'd ever flown on a long-haul flight of more than three or four hours. In the lead-up to the trip, we decided to upgrade our seats from economy to whatever the premium economy variant was for the airline. Seeing as this was my girlfriend's first time on a long flight, I figured it was worth the upgrade for the extra room and perks. In total, we paid roughly $150 total for both of us to upgrade. We boarded the flight and got settled in our seats, which were in the last row of the premium economy section on the right side of the plane. There was no noticeable division or indicators between sections other than a small plaque above our row that said premium economy or whatever. My girlfriend took the window seat and I sat in the aisle. Now, OP, I hope you don't mean you actually sat in the aisle because that is very dangerous. The entitled mum of this story and her son, about nine to ten years old, then board and are seated several rows behind us. But in the middle row of the aircraft, it was 242 seating. Her son has his nose buried in his switch, as you'd expect a kid his age to do. They barely get to their seats when the entitled mum comes up to our row and stares at us with no greeting she's standing in the aisle as other passengers are trying to get around her to get to their seats can you swap seats with my son and i he likes having a window seat and we don't have one my girlfriend and i look back at where her son is sitting and then at each other i try to politely decline her request unfortunately no mom we paid to upgrade to these seats so we'd like to keep our assigned seats for this flight the entitled mum keeps staring at us for a couple of seconds More people are awkwardly trying to shuffle around her as she stands there. My son is not a great flyer. He does better when he can sit next to the window. Sorry, but like I said, we paid more money to sit here in premium economy. We're in the last row, so perhaps there's someone else in the rows behind us who'd be willing to swap seats. At this point, a flight attendant notices that the entitled mum is holding up the boarding line and comes over to tell her to take her seat. She goes back to her row and my girlfriend and I think that that is the end of that exchange and go back to getting settled. After boarding completes, the entitled mum and her son immediately stand up and walk up to our row, standing right in front of us with all of their stuff in hand. The kid still has his face buried in his switch. So, can we swap seats now? Mum, I already said that we aren't willing to swap seats. As I've said, we paid more so that we could sit here. So we'd like to keep these seats. Awkward, infinite pause. Well, that's just really selfish of you. My son isn't the best flyer and he likes to have a window to look out of. It's not that big of a deal for you to take our seats so that he can have a window. At this point, I should mention this was an overnight flight, so there isn't going to be anything to look at except darkness for the majority of it. I'm not going to argue with you, mom. 
I don't think it's selfish to want to sit in the seats I paid for. I'm sorry you don't have a window seat for your son, but that doesn't mean you're entitled to our seats that we paid an upgrade fee for. The mum continues to stand there silently for a few seconds, as if we'd give in eventually and move if she didn't leave. I'm guessing you don't have kids if you're acting like this. Mum, I don't know what to say to you at this point. If it was that big of a deal for your son to get a window seat, then you should have done so in advance. Did you try asking anyone else if they were willing to swap seats? Well, no one else back there is traveling together, so they aren't going to want to swap. I turn around and see an older couple in the row behind us. A pair of co-workers in another row that were watching a video on one of their phones while laughing and a middle-aged woman sitting alone in the aisle seats with the window vacant. The entitled mum then starts to open up the overhead bins and she begins putting her stuff in there. Mom, we're not swapping seats with you. I think you're just trying to guilt us into giving up our seats so that you can sit in premium economy. If a window seat was really that important, you'd have moved on and asked other people behind us once we told you we weren't willing to move. You just want us to give you a free upgrade. The entitled mum becomes furious at this point, continues to call us selfish and says that what I said wasn't true. She then starts to bend over and grab my stuff like she's going to evict us from the row. Lady, please don't touch any of my stuff and leave us alone. Thankfully, the flight attendant comes up to ask what the problem is. The entitled mum tries to go on a rant that we were denying her kid a window seat and were being selfish and rude to her and her son. After she was done ranting, I explained the actual situation to the flight attendants. Mom, they aren't obligated to swap seats with you. They said no, you need to take your seats now. Please go back to your row. The attendant escorted them back to their seats as the entitled mum huffed and puffed. She then spent the rest of the flight glaring at us from the aisle seats. When the plane finally landed, she rushed to the front of the aircraft ahead of everyone and gave me a solid bump as she passed by with her bag. Definitely wasn't an accident. Her kid was fine for the whole flight, by the way. Anytime we saw him, he was either asleep or was heads down playing his switch. Oh yeah, that was abundantly obvious from the first minute that I started reading this that this was not ever about the kid. It was only ever about the entitled mum wanting to be sat in a nicer seat. Simple as that. Some of you guys may not know, but premium economy is pretty much a small, it's a very small upgrade from economy. If you're getting to club and first, that's a massive upgrade and you know, your seat's insane, you get your own area, etc, etc. Your seat goes flat so you can sleep overnight, etc. It's really nice, but premium economy is just a little bit nicer a bit more legroom the seats a bit comfier get a bit more better service it's definitely not a massive upgrade but it is better than economy no doubt there's no way that you'd want to give up your premium economy seat to go and sit in economy you just wouldn't ever do that now i myself personally would never ever and i don't think i ever will in my life i mean maybe if i'm really sick and i've just got loads of money i would but yeah i can't see myself ever purchasing a seat for a flight in club or first because that is like three four minimum x the price and it just seems ridiculous but upgrading to economy plus or premium economy i think on overnight flights might well be worth it the flights from the us to the uk or to europe are often overnight and i think when it's you know six hours minimum eight hours plus normally it might well be worth it paying a little bit more just so you can sleep and it doesn't ruin your day if you can of course i guess the whole point is that you would never give up your seat unless you really like felt that you had to to someone like this given that you've paid more and the seats are an upgrade it's just pretty embarrassing really from this woman you using her kid as a kind of tool to get what she really wants which is a nicer seat oh he loves looking out a window well why didn't you just book a window seat then you can go on when you check in you can book your seat on any airline now i'm pretty sure you can literally select your seat she didn't do it 
No, it was all a lie. She just wanted economy plus. Typical. So there we go, guys. You've made it. 10 hours of stories about crazy Karens. Uh, first of all, fair play to you and your family. 10 hours is a long time. In my opinion, that's about 600 minutes, which is quite a few minutes. Let's keep going with this. That's about 3,600 seconds. Let's keep going with this. That's about uh, 36,000 milliseconds. That is quite a few milliseconds. And I really, really hope I've got the math right. If I haven't, I'll be angry. The beauty of outros on a 10 hour long episode is that it doesn't matter. I can make this outro 45 minutes and no one would ever know. Like in relation to the actual length of the video, it doesn't matter. So I'm going to ramble. I'm going to Titus Bramble. And if you get that reference, you are elite. Let me just say that. Um, yeah, <laughs> an outro I can just chill, relax. How was your day? Did you enjoy the 10 hour video? I did. It was a great one. If I do say so myself. The narrator, wow, what a good looking fellow. Uh, yeah okay anyway i'll leave it there if you do want to watch more content if you for some reason want more entitled parent stories the 10 hour the first 10 hour video i did is on screen right now you know for whatever reason 10 hours of entitled parents isn't enough and you want 20 hours yeah check that out if you are new to the channel and you haven't already done so after watching me for over 10 hours subscribe because at this point it has to be legally binding like come on you've watched 10 hours of content you have this button you're a fraud and i'll see you all tomorrow with a normal length episode even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.